All right, y'all. It's a Monday following the Red Pill Expo in Indianapolis, Indiana. Still here, in fact. But, uh, hey, man, great event. We'll let you know about that. My buddy Stanford Graham. Stan's going to be with us. He was with me for the weekend, and he did a great presentation on legal updates regarding uh, COVID craziness and uh, who's going to pay, right? We're going to make them pay. We'll talk about that. Uh, Patrick Vickers, Dr. Vickers, scheduled for hour two. That is the Gerson Clinic. And, of course, we know of all the fans, the nurses at the Gerson Clinic that love Super Don and just wish one day that he would just never mind. You know what? We'll get there. <laughs> we got a lot of healing to go on the Robert Scott Bell. So thanks for being here. RobertScottBell.com slash listen. Share the show with everybody. The party that is healing is on right now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. All right, back on the couch, y'all. Uh, this seemed to be the fun way to do the show on Friday before the uh, Red Pill Ex- Expo started, and it's the way we're wrapping up the Red Pill Expo. A great, successful event. I hope many of you were able to watch the stream uh, live through the weekend. I know that at one point it went down on Sunday. They got it finally back up, but you also have like three months to watch the whole thing. And there were some uh, pro- profound and powerful presentations that uh, you do not want to miss. I'll get you updates on where it might be next and when it might be next as well. I just want to check in with uh, uh, Super D, uh, seeing how things are on the West Coast. I've been on the East Coast time zone for like three or four days now, and I'm so confused. I'm still confused. <laughs> I can't imagine. I mean, I did I did the time zone swapping thing once yeah. with you, or twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Twice. And... Uh, and and yeah, I dude, I don't know how you do it. I was messed up. I'm still like, I don't know. I, clearly, we're not doing the show at the normal time, so nobody knows yeah. anyway. So whatever yeah. it is, it's happening. We're live. We're we're going all right. Uh, I always want to check in on the new grandbaby. Now a number of days old. Uh, Autumn, yeah. how's Autumn doing? Yeah, she's doing good. She's doing yeah. good. Got to see her over the weekend. We had another birthday. Seems like there's nothing but birdies parties at my house. Well, you, it's just, you have it's a gaggle crazy. of kids and grandkids. All you're gonna have kids is and grandkids and all that kind of stuff. So we had a we had a Louisiana shrimp boil last night for uh, Haley's birthday, her 25th, and um, got to see Autumn mm-hmm. and hold her and Yay. boogie 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 her. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. It was good. It was good. I had a good time. You know, actually, I hadn't planned on this, and I hadn't warned you about this, but I had okay. an ex- I had a, an experience over the weekend. I wanted I wanted to talk to you about because okay. uh, my wife was putting together these snacks for my daughter for to help her with lactation. You know, as far as like you know making oh, yeah. the, you know things happen stuff like that. Yeah. And so she she gave me this this list of stuff I had to go in and get at the store. And I'm like, you yeah. know, doing the list thing and stuff like that. And one of the things on the list was brewer's yeast, and I'm like, yes, yes. I'm like Brewers East. All right, well, you know, and I looked and I couldn't find it. It, it they didn't have it at Walmart, mm-hmm. and so so we had to go over to Thunderbird, because uh, yeah. they've got a big nutritional section. Are over they there. still called Sherm's Thunderbird? Sherm's I, Thunderbird. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I, I finally found this Brewers East, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, because you know when I was over at Wall, they had like yeast and yeah, nutritional yeah. yeast, and then then it was like, oh Brewers East, I don't know, I don't know, whatever. So I found yeah. it. And so then I'm like, you know, what, what the heck is with this brewer's yeast? You know, that's so great, you know, for, you know, whatever like that. So I start reading about brewer's yeast. We never talk about brewer's yeast on this show. It's just not yeah. something we bring up. But I'm looking at it, and I'm like, 
holy crap and i, I got like got on the on the internet you know i'm like really good and i'm like damn dude this is like this is like the ultimate superfood and it's like how come we never talk about this so i mean i really dug in deep on the research on this because i was fascinated yeah. by it and i was just like wait a minute hold on are you kidding me here a couple tablespoons of brewer's yeast has like 60 micrograms of selenium in it and it's got like a bunch of chromium in it and it's also got you know like uh yeah what else did it have but i mean but yeah there was something else that was in it oh i think like magnesium potassium i'm just looking at this i'm just like how come we never talk about brewer's yeast you know, I mean, because we talk about all the time on the show about how great selenium is, how great chromium is, and I'm just like, boom, there's chromium and selenium in brewer's nice. yeast. Now, I haven't tried it yet, okay. but apparently it's supposed to be kind of a bitter taste, so you have to kind of mask it with some stuff and like that. And I'm just like, dude, you got chromium and selenium in the same thing? You could just, like, throw that in? That's you amazing know, to me. You know how I eat it? I don't. I I know you probably are like a big manly man. And you just pop it in your mouth, right? No, I don't. Do oh that. no, that's what, I, that's what I do with the uh, uh, bee pollen. Yes, that's how I do the bee pollen. Okay. But how do you I eat it? Bee pollen on pancakes. It probably would work good in a smoothie. I'm guessing. You could, but I I put the uh, brewer's yeast slash nutritional yeast on uh, eggs. Like I will do two eggs over easy, and then at the end when I've spiced them up to my liking with the Layla Ali organic spice blends, and I'll throw, I'll just dump bunch of brewer's yeast on it and it's perfect that's how i really on eggs let me know yeah yeah it's really good i i I like it that way and it just adds to the nutritional benefits of uh your morning meal if you do is there a particular brand that you prefer i i i I don't know my wife gets all this stuff and i'm sure it's like an organic non-gmo quality or something but yeah you know there's a brand out there it's called solgar i don't know if you've ever heard of this i think they've been around for a long time and that's what i ended up getting but um yeah i was just like I was like, who knew? I mean, we never talk about this. I'm just like, wow, there's like so many benefits to this. Yeah, I, I forget to mention stuff that's just kind of old hat for me sometimes or all the time. And I said, like, yeah, talk show I host. Sorry, that, that, that's like that's like an amazing. I, I call me a bad friend for not telling you. I, I'm, just well, I'm not going to call you a bad friend. I mean, come on. We're going to go too far here. But anyway, I just it was just one of those yeah. things where it's like I never knew. Or, you know, I'd heard of Brewer's Yeast, but I had yeah. no idea what the nutritional breakdown was yeah. on that and how amazing. I mean, it has, like, all the stuff in it that we talk about, and it's all in yeah. one thing, right? Really so, good food for me. And, and actually, why... if if you look at the innate uh, selenium that you get yeah. from ChooseToBeHealthy.com, that's the source right. of it's the selenium. In. It's grown in. It's a great source to grow things in so that they're in a food matrix that the body yeah. can actually utilize. Yeah, so, so I was just like, I, th- I felt like I had, like, discovered... Uh, you know, like uh, some hidden treasure or something somewhere at the store. It was yeah. like, whoa, this yeah. is cool. So, well, it is very cool. So, no, anyway. I'm glad, uh, glad you're here and uh, I'm glad you're I'm sorry uh, I took over the show here now. to start off. No, with, it's okay. But... It's okay. If anybody is catching this, um, we have uh, an early show today. Some of you might stumble on it, but it's going to be going out normal time for those of you watching it and listening normal. But because of the travel schedule, we're just like it. And I'm on the East Coast. We're doing this. Now, Super Don, I know you got to run out and do some stuff and then come back. Stan Graham is scheduled to be here. He's got to take an Uber or a Lyft over to this hotel because the shuttles are running so slow. So we'll have him on. And then Patrick Vickers from uh, Gerson Clinic. And do you remember, Super D, real quick, the, the nurses, at Su- there's, they just love Super Don. And yeah, they, they, what was it? Somebody got an email. Mm-hmm. 
it wasn't me directly. Maybe you got it or somebody got it. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, and they were they were expressing concern over the fact that I uh, was You're not reluctant. a fan of, of coffee enemas. Yes, and, exactly. um, so. you know, I, I'm not the kind of person that likes to let people down or make people yeah. stress out. But you're okay um, with it this time. <laughs> I can't do the peer pressure on the on the coffee enema thing. You know that. What I mean, about you, the, yeah, what You've about been the, trying that that thing for years with me. And reverse just, psychology, all kinds yeah. of stuff. Uh, nothing's worked. But I was thinking maybe the power of prayer. They could. No, I'm. Not, I don't see. <laughs> this is funny. I don't like. The <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Things. The power of prayer to what? To convince me to to get right, an exactly because people are praying. Super Don, we hope you, you know, pray that you'll do. No, don't do that. Listen, everybody. listen, listen. Yeah. I I think that is that is presumptuous. Yeah, I, I agree. on your relationship with God. I agree. I don't think God is sitting up there wanting you to pray <laughs> for me to get a coffee enema. I, I think right. there might be more important things he might be having to deal with. You know, See, that's like praying for your team to win, right? What about the other people <laughs> praying for their team to win? Now you can try to cajole uh, Super Don. You can try <clears> and convince him to do. Uh, fine, but don't pray for him to do it because that's like that's a violation of his free will and i'm just you saying that too i i'm i'm doing pretty good i think yeah i yeah. i i'm, I'm taking and now I'm you're going to do brewers yeast on your eggs and you're going to get back dude i am so going to figure out how to use brewers yeast cuz i had yeah. no idea you know i mean the selenium i you know i, I take the selenium every day yeah uh, there's there's another uh, supplement that mm -hmm. i take that has selenium in it as well mm -hmm. and i'm thinking if, if I already incorporate the brewer's yeast into things like that, I mean, I'd be getting like a mega dose of selenium every day and it wouldn't be yeah, a bad thing, right? I don't so, know if it'd be a mega dose, but it'd be, it wouldn't be a bad thing. Well, between we, we between the about. three things, getting selenium from all of them, you know, I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, but anyway. Yeah. You know what? I am like the, the brewer's yeast cheerleader today. I'm just, Yay. You know, give me a B, give me an R. <laughs> um, I, but anyway. I, yeah. All right. I, last night I was hanging out uh, at the hotel restaurant. I did not eat, but I did have a couple of non-alcoholic brewskis just so I could. Be did so you really? Cool. I did. Yeah. And organic. Uh, no, nah, they weren't. Um, but I've survived it. I mean, dun dun dun. And I, then I go. Bleh. I'm done. But right. no, I'm okay. We just lost all of our listeners. Good job. Right. Uh, the best I could do. It wasn't. It wasn't horrible. It was okay. It was nice. And actually, I was hanging out with Brian Artis. Dr. Brian Artis. Really? Yeah. And I, I've got, I want to share a story and I hope that he'll come on the show sometime and share the story in more detail, but it's related to, uh, their first child, uh, and breastfeeding. Uh, oh, yeah. you know, my wife is telling me nutritional yeast is not the same as brewer's yeast. No, so it's not. I, I don't read the label. I just say it's yeast. I'm like, Oh, see now, on. now see, this is I something know. I also learned yesterday because yeah. when I, when I was looking for this, right. Uh, on the nutritional yeast on on the, yeah. the the jar, it says that it was like cheesy or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, that's what it is. That's the so that it doesn't is the sound because these these the lactation yeah. ball things that my wife yeah. made, yeah. you know, they had you know like you know honey and 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 the brewer's yeast and oats, yeah. you know, and all that kind of stuff like that. And and when I went looking for the yeast and it said cheesy, yeah. I'm like, I don't think that's going to go well with what it is that she's trying to make. That that must no, not be right. the right thing. Yeah. My bad, but again, it's it's morning in America, and I'm just uh, waking up, and uh, I don't know where I am. So that's okay. Thanks, honey, for the update on that. And, <laughs> uh, but you'll have to <clears throat> tell me, or I'll have to now try brewer's yeast on the eggs because I've been doing nutritional yeast. So <clears throat> the story is, 
that uh, when Brian uh, Artis had his first baby, he was he was not yet a doctor of chiropractic. He was actually going to be studying pre-med to become a medical doctor. He wanted to become a medical doctor. And he's in university and had his first child. This child was born. It was very colicky, horrible colic and, and difficulty. They tried to get it to latch on for breastfeeding. And it would latch on, let's see, the left breast, no problem. But they tried to latch him onto the right breast, completely wouldn't do it. I mean, screaming, just horrible. It was like, what is going on here? <clears throat> and uh, one of the nurses, you know, trying to explain it, like, what's going on, says that, oh, well, just some, some kids are born colicky. Some are picky. Some are finicky. And Brian Artis is not a guy that suffers those kind of statements. He says, what are you talking about? They're just born picky. And he's, he's like calling them out right there. And, uh, and then the doctor comes to the backup rescue of the nurses that are being backed into a corner by Brian Artis, the new dad. And yeah, he says sometimes he's just like so disgusted because then the doctor says, yeah, some of them are just, I've, I've delivered thousands of babies and some of them are just big. It's like, that's not an answer to why this is happening. This is not really an answer. And so he goes to, you know, at the meantime, some medical doctors, he's had, has access to the doctors. They, they prescribe an antibiotic. Then another doctor describes another antibiotic, another antibiotic. And so four different antibiotics now. Uh, he spent tens of thousands of dollars trying to remedy this in the first few months of this baby's life. And he's getting so disgusted with what's happening. He can't understand it. He's got the fourth one. It's like, I'm going to do this, and it's not getting any better. This kid won't latch up. He's miserable. He won't sleep through the night. They're having a horrible time. Doctor after doctor after doctor says, we don't know what's causing it, but here, take this drug. And so finally, one of his friends who's in the medical community says, hey, maybe, uh, oh, no, I, I know what this is in relation to because Brian tells me he's a he's a basketball player. He played a lot of basketball in high school and even in college, and he had a shoulder injury. So this doctor said, hey, you got a shoulder injury here. Why don't you go to the, the this doctor I got? And he thought it was like a physical therapist doctor. And, and so he goes and he has his baby with him and his wife with him. And it's the second visit. And the, and and the, in the second visit, this doctor, he's you know doing some shoulder therapy, just checking it out and stuff. He's like, "Is that your baby that's uh, wailing in the waiting room?" And he's like, "Why are you asking me if it's my baby? How do you know it's my baby?" He's like, "Well, because you were here once before, and when you arrived, this baby started wailing, and when you left, the baby was there was no baby sounds." He's like, "Yeah, uh, what's going on?" And he just briefly says, "Hey," so he says, "I want you to bring your baby in here right now." He's like, "Okay." And, he, and, and Brian thought it was just because it was a noisy baby, didn't want to interrupt the, the, the waiting room. So he brings the baby in to the thing, and, and the guy, physical therapist, as far as he knew, was saying, hey, what's, what's going on? This baby has been colic, won't breastfeed on this. It tells the story. And so this, this doctor says, put the baby on my table right now. And the baby's laying down, and he starts palpating the cervical vertebrae under the neck and says, uh, ask Brian Artis. Did they use forceps or a vacuum to get this baby out of your wife? He's like, what, what, what are you, why are you asking me that question? And it basically says, cause the vertebrae is torqued this way and this way. And this baby is in pain. And he's like, this baby's in pain. No doctor has said this baby's in pain. What are you talking about? This baby's in pain. And he says, this is what happens when they do this. It, would you mind if I, uh, fix it. I can just push up on this and torque it. And, and, you know, I've got to pull on the baby's neck and create it uh, a better situation right here. He's, he's like, 
what is going on here? He doesn't even know. He says, okay, doesn't know what's happening. Then he yanks on the baby's head. The baby starts crying, wailing. Oh my gosh. And Brian grabs his child. is like outraged. Like he wants to beat this doctor up. He doesn't know what just happened. And he takes the baby and just, I'm leaving. He runs out, doesn't even pay for the visit, just runs out, puts the baby in the car seat. They're driving down the road. He's calling the fourth doctor that prescribed the antibiotic that he didn't want to take because he was just so fed up with the doctors. It's like, this just happened. I went, and he didn't even know that the doctor he was sent to was a doctor of chiropractic. This is how crazy this story is. He, he thought it was just some kind of physical therapy. And he said, you're, you're a doctor of chiropractic. What is that? I don't even know what that is. And so he adjusted this baby and he's like, I think I killed my baby. You know, he's telling the doctor, I don't know if my, it my, it's my baby breathing. Cause at a certain point it just passed out in the, in the car seat. It, it's just amazing this, how this story continues here. And, and, and then that night or, or a little later in the day, the baby woke up and was just like nothing had happened. Not cranky, not colicky, fed on the breast was able to be put on the right breast, not just the left breast, and slept through the night. And, and Brian was so nervous, he said is like initially every 10 minutes, he set a, an alarm to go back in because they could never put this baby in the crib. They put it in the crib and he was just sleeping. He's like, I, is this baby going to die? Every 10 minutes, he would check in the first night. The next night, he slept for like four or five hours straight, checking him every hour. Like this baby's, what, what happened here? So he went back. Actually, he called first to that doctor of chiropractic to apologize to him for being so angry and storming out and all of that. And he's like, what is it that you do? Where did you learn this? What medical school did you go to, to, to learn what you just did for my baby? And he said, I didn't go to medical school. We have our own chiropractic schools because Brian thought it was an adjunct of you go to medical school and you learn whatever that guy did. That's how not knowing it's like me when I met my first homeopath, super done. I didn't know what a homeopath was. I think mean, that's the weirdest thing ever. And he's like, I am not going to become a medical doctor. I want to do what you, I want to learn what you've learned. I want to do that. And, and he says, tell me what school you went to. He went to Parker in, in Dallas, I believe, in, in, in Texas. And he went and started there. That's a short version of the story. But this is the extraordinary thing about medicine and doctors. He's like, people, are, people say to Brian Artis, people say, aren't you worried that you'll alienate doctors? Because of the things you say as a chiropractor about all the snake venom stuff and everything that's upsetting certain people. He's like, no, I don't give a flip. I hate doctors. This is what they did to my kid. They would have killed my kid. They've done, they killed my, my father-in-law. On and on it goes. And I'm like, I thought I was hard on doctors. Dude, Brian Artis doesn't hold back, Super D. But I'm telling you, everybody that has a baby needs to get that baby in to get adjusted especially if they have a traumatic birth or a forceps birth or anything like that. But that's the that's, short That's version. a crazy story. Yeah. Dude. That really is. And that's the short version. Too. I was just like enraptured by as he's telling me the story because I really got the backstory of how Brian Artis became Brian Artis, the renegade right. doctor that he is, as brilliant as he is too because he's just a consummate researcher with a practical, uh, uh, what do they call that, photographic memory when he studies mm -hmm. something, he, he gets mm -hmm. it. And you're like, how does he know this stuff? It's like just an incredible guy. I just so enjoyed him. Uh, and there'll cool. be more stories to tell. But uh, I just and this is something like that. that people. Is, this was a personal story he told you, or was this? That's his personal story. That's his personal story. Yeah. Okay. This is what he his first child, and how you know it transitioned him from going into medical school because he was mm. studying for MCATs at the time, and he was like, I can't do this. This is not. You know, this is like for me. And I said to him. This is my story. Your story is my story, except it was about me, not a baby that I, you know, a child. 
because I had realized that if I was going to do to other people what doctors had done to me my whole life, I would be miserable. I would be disgusted with myself. And so, you know, as I'm hard on doctors, the doctors that are awake and recognize what they do, they don't get upset with me over the years. As I said, I've found many doctors that are fans of the show, um, but those that are upset with me are still doing the horrible dare I say it, evil things, even though they don't intend to be horrible and evil. But the fact is they're trained to do stupid stuff and they're not trained anything about true causation in ailments and illnesses and diseases. So they call a, a baby colicky, which just tells you about their symptoms, but says nothing about the cause. And then they say, well, just some of them are born this way. Isn't colic kind of just like a, just a generic yeah. term for stuff? Yeah. It could be a number of things, but it doesn't tell you baby. anything about yeah. what is yeah. really going on. Right. So as you have a new baby in your life with a grandbaby, if there's any problem, I would say by all means, all children, babies should be adjusted by a doctor of chiropractic who knows how to take care of children. Uh, and any neurological interference from a birth can be addressed early, early, early and correct all the garbage that leads to antibiotics, prednisone, steroids, all of that stuff, which is all like a veterinarian, doctor of veterinary medicine. What do they got? Antibiotics and steroids. Yeah, unless they go holistic and homeopathic, et cetera. Uh, so that's a cool story. Brian Artist, man, the more I get to know him, the more I, I think, dude, the dude's, he, he's had a journey to get where he's going. You know, I always like the backstory. Like, how did you become who you are? And that was a, one of the, the, he's got other stories that are really cool, but that one I wanted to share uh, to open up today's show. So, Super D, I'm concerned because cool. you had said you needed to do something at this time in the morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in a holding pattern at the moment, so we're okay. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, uh, and Stan is on the way, so we'll see him soon. But for now, I, I guess we could open, unless you have other announcements and things here today on the show. I know that you, you've, you've put together a few stories we can cover as well. And, yeah. Uh, um, I mean, we are, boy, we're, that was a quick 30 minutes, wasn't it? That was it went quick. fast. No, I know. I like, you know, the story I like this hour that you found the generation of kids raised by fear, right? And in the show notes, if you go to robertscatbell.com, you'll see it. It's a brown, I believe it's a brownstone article. Is it not? It is. Memory serves. They have such good stuff. Um, This was written by Molly Kingsley and Liz Cole. And it's called the generation of children raised by fear since we're talking kids. And and I think about this a lot, you know, as much as um, parents may have had this subtle fear of germs, it was never more pronounced than in the couple of years of the scamdemic of COVID, that it became over, that we actually taught our kids to fear breathing on somebody. We taught them that breathe, the act of breathing can kill grandma. And, 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 and just think about the psychological and spiritual damage that's done to these children that now have not a subtle fear that sees underneath the surface, but is right out in the open and they've witnessed their parents, their their aunts and their uncles and everybody living in, oh, my gosh, cover up extreme hand washing, distancing. We can't go out in the playground. I'm thinking, good Lord, what kind of adults are these kids going to be? Have you thought about that, Super D? I mean, granted, people are afraid of germs, but never to the overt extreme that they're teaching their children that they, that they can have they can kill people simply by breathing. I mean, you know, that's something different that we've not experienced in our lifetime. Yeah, that that could cause a lifelong trauma for a kid. Yeah. You know, I mean, just something as simple as, as uh, you know, even not even they, it wouldn't even have to be a situation where like somebody actually like got sick and died or something like that. But just the fear part of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, when kids are so impressionable 
And, and so when you when you when you throw something like that at them when they're young and impressionable and they're learning, you know, things like how to interact with people and social norms and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that yeah. could so, totally send a kid down a path, you know, and change their life forever. Yeah. Now, one of four 11-year-olds are now obese, according to this article. Waiting lists for children's pediatric and intervention services are spinning out of control. And the, uh, this week's uh, SATS results are more evidence of any is needed that we've robbed children of the fulfillment of attainment and normal socialization, hugging, uh, you know, selling, d- dancing, celebrating, all of these things. These children have never experienced except in fear, abject terror, hiding, if you will. And I'm thinking about the trauma of that. And I, again, I have nothing to reference or nothing to compare it to uh, in regards to previous generations. I mean, yeah, we could say Anne Frank hiding out from the Nazis, right? But that's, you know, understand that's a, a unique circumstance in that era and realm, of course, uh, the people that grew up uh, that are survivors, Jewish survivors, particularly of the Holocaust, certainly have scars that they brought forward with them those that are still alive and like vera sharab warning us about a lot of the similarities in what we've experienced and witnessed in our lifetime now with this you know fear of the germs attack on freedom of humanity freedom of people to breathe and love one another and come together in celebration or whatever um just even working together in an environment it's like everybody's at home and isolated so i don't know what the remedy is ultimately i think it's going to be a spiritual remedy to heal the fear, the wounds associated with living in fear. But also, you know, part of the journey of this show has always been how do we see beyond the fear of germs? How do we get beyond the fear of germs? That's as, as, as serious an issue that we're, we're going to confront, even though I've been confronting it for ever since I turned on the microphone in 1999 when it was called Jumpstart Your Health. And I talk about Stop being afraid of germs. Germs don't cause disease. They're the result of disease. The terrain is everything. The germ is nothing in reality. And that is when you have a quote-unquote germ that's harmful, it's because of the alteration of your body, your terrain, your environment, your milieu. And this could be physical, of course. And the physical is impacted not only by physical things, but by emotional and mental and you know stresses that are economic and political or even spiritual crises and that could result in an opportunistic infection or 10 or 50. And it's like we chase those infections as if they're the cause of the problem when they're the result. And then we rely on what? Toxic poison, chemo, antibiotics, et cetera, for which we have no deficiency. So um, these are the things that I want you to consider, especially if you think about things that are going to be needed now and in the future, is how do we help these children that are going through from childhood to adolescence to adulthood with the, the scarring two year and a plus period of time and maybe even more because those that were traumatized in it are maybe still living in that trauma and fear. So these are the questions I have. It's like, how do we remedy this stuff? So as a, um, opening the show today alone, I'm joined by my very tall friend. He doesn't look tall right now. He's, he's so kind. He's sitting further away. So I look really big compared to Stanford Graham. He's back on the Robert Scapel show. Stan, how are you, my brother? Good. Doing well, RSB. Doing well. Let me get you going. You were rocking it, my friend, at the Red Pill Expo, I have to say. Your presentation was astounding. People were just profoundly moved by it. And also, there was a lot of, uh, uh, let's say, talks that caused people to go, oh, my gosh, that is too intense. Mm -hmm. Your talk was intense, but it also was uplifting because you showed successes and victories were occurring within the legal uh, framework of what we're dealing with with COVID and all the 
lockdowns, all the mandatory shots and all that, and that there can be a legitimate through the legal system pushback that can can hold these criminals to account for their actions and activity, including what I was just talking about, the crime against children, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually, what they've done. Yeah, that's hard to quantify, isn't it? I, yeah, my uh, my reaction, Robert, is uh, was much the same. Listening to a number of the speakers, a lot of the information was uh, for the uninitiated, even for the initiated, overwhelming. Yeah, they'd pack a lot of information within a, a brief period of time. You know, thirty to forty-five minutes. I think it, it is a better solution to if if you if identified problems, it's it's really good to come with solutions. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think. The presentations were great. The speakers were great. That's mm. an area where we can where we can improve. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that uh, knowing the time frame you have, this is part of the 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 art of speaking. You know, you have a time frame. You've got to understand. All right, what can I accomplish in that time frame? Also, who is my audience? That's always the first thing. Uh, but you you nailed it. I mean, it wasn't a bunch of lawyers sitting in the crowd, but they got it. What you were saying, you were able to communicate it. And and I know you've talked. You've actually done some amazing talks on cardio miracle and the nitric oxide stuff with a, a legal perspective, like you're in a court case doing that. And people love that because that's great drama, you know, the way you, you, you laid it out. But um, maybe if you can update us, I don't know, we don't have the whole time for a lecture like you gave, but uh, what is happening on the legal front? What kind of successes are occurring state or federal level? Uh, we got to meet with David Martin also, and he's an investigator in his own right. There's some yeah. interesting things occurring that uh, this audience doesn't know yet because you haven't been on in a little bit. Yeah, well, the recent successes uh, since April include um, the the mask mandate um, reversal that happened out of the Central District of Florida, the federal district court there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judge Miskell uh, wrote a great opinion in our favor. Uh, I should say the, the in the favor of all citizens of the United States that uh, care about choice. Uh, didn't the, didn't the Biden administration eventually decide to appeal it? Yeah, they're taking some appellate measures, and we'll uh, uh, I'm sure that will guarantee them a second loss. Mm-hmm. So very good, very yeah, good. They're uh, so that was the the first uh, win we had in April. Uh, the second and third wins in that same month were in Maricopa County Superior mm-hmm. Court, the state court in Arizona, where uh, we were defending, representing Andy Biggs and Representative Kosar, who are both sitting members of the House of Representatives you know, representing uh, Arizona or their districts in Arizona. And there are a, a group of private citizens mm-hmm. in Arizona that brought cases against them to argue, Robert, that they were no longer qualified to run for or hold elected public office because of their involvement in some, uh, I don't know, some type of insurrection, alleged insurrection that had happened sometime in January. Really? A year and a half ago, something like that. Yeah. So so this was this was a separate case, not necessarily related to COVID then? Correct. A successful case. And and so what was, what was the actual uh, push and who was being sued in that case in Arizona? Uh, two um, sitting members of the House of Representatives. That was the Andy Biggs and Kosar? Yes. They were sued. Yeah. They were sued by a, a group of private citizens mm-hmm. under the disqualification clause. The, the claim of the complaint was uh, based on the constitutional. There's a, a disqualif- what we call a disqualification clause in the mm-hmm. United States Constitution that says if a sitting member, uh, an elected member, 
mm-hmm. uh, officer of the federal government mm-hmm. uh, or an individual seeking office uh, to serve in the federal government has committed treason yeah. or um, has aided and abetted the enemy, yeah. then they're disqualified from running from office and the the uh, and cannot hold office. Now the only so the private citizens brought that claim and the mm. court told them uh, and we argued that uh, it actually isn't a it's not a claim of right mm. that belongs to private citizens. It belongs to Congress. Mm. Actually, the way the language of the Constitution provides that that the case must be brought by Congress. Mm-hmm. So uh, after uh, defending that case successfully, the court rejected their argu- their uh, their arguments and rejected uh, actually dismissed those those uh, lawsuits out of hand with prejudice. The uh, the next case we have coming up is the case in Utah Federal District Court, the Griner versus Biden case, where we're looking to terminate the existing or the balance of uh, Biden's uh, injection mandate that now applies to all healthcare workers. Anybody that works in a mm-hmm. healthcare facility that receives money or on behalf of Medicare or Medicaid. Well, yeah, that's where they've, they've made the exception, a carve out, if you will, in, in they'll say, okay, we, we won't allow the mandates in all of these areas, but if you are working in something that there's federal money involved, Medicare, then you still have to fall under that mandate. And the Griner, Dr. Griner, if I remember, he's the guy that does these cleft palate surgeries for free for poor children. That's correct. This guy's an amazing guy. And I met him once. And uh, so is there, wasn't the the Biden administration or whoever's defending it trying to get the case dismissed? Yeah, exactly right. Uh, They, we filed our complaint together with a motion for a preliminary injunction. Mm-hmm. The responsive pleading that the Biden administration filed, the Department of Justice, uh, the responsive pleading was a motion to dismiss. And so we had oral argument on both of those motions on July 6th. Uh, uh, both motions, our motion for a preliminary injunction and, and the Biden administration's motion to dismiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, As I explained a little bit yesterday, the hearing was a little a little bit entertaining because uh, mm-hmm. the performance of the of the DOJ, the, the administration's uh, legal team was, I, I thought, reminiscent of uh, the the current press secretary for the White House. Oh, I don't remember her name. It's a clown show. But it is a it is a clown show, and yeah. and there is no shame when one has a you know. The ignorance level is so manifest. It's embarrassing. It's beyond. It's beyond shame. Yeah, they, I don't think they have any shame. Obviously, they're, yeah. they're they would appear in public anymore. So yeah, she keeps coming back. But uh, so anyway, the 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 DOJ's performance was lackluster, and uh, as a consequence, um, not even getting to the merits of the arguments because I think their their arguments were non meritorious. That the judge decided at the end of the hearing, he says, "Well, I'm not granting your motion." Mm-hmm. I am going to take the matter under advisement, mm-hmm. and uh, we would ex- we expected him to not rule from the bench, but to you know provide a a, a well thought out and reasoned written opinion. So mm-hmm. we'll see that in the next week or two. The the indication uh, is that he's probably not going to grant the dismissal to the government. That's the sense I get. Yeah, our lead counsel, Mr. George Wentz, mm-hmm. um, cons- exceptionally conservative in trying to. And his efforts to read judges or juries, mm-hmm. uh, nevertheless, gave uh, gave odds of 75, 25, 75 okay. percent probabilities of seeing that motion to dismiss mm-hmm. being uh, 
uh, denied yeah. by the court, which right. obviously gives us a green light mm-hmm. to move forward. All right. Hey, the Red Pill Expo this weekend was uh, absolutely phenomenal. And if you missed it, um, there are they're going to stream it, I think, for three months. Hopefully you can still get tickets to do it. But we've got word that the intent is to have another Red Pill Expo in early November. Guess where? In the Salt Lake City area. We don't have a, a location yet, but think about this for all of y'all listening from around the country. If you're out west and it was hard to go east toward Indiana, uh, this is going to be amazing. And uh, and I hope they can get David Martin to come back. Do you think we could get David to come back to it? Because he's, I would say there's a yeah a certitude yeah that David will be coming back. Yeah, folks, it, loves it, Utah, loves the Utahns. Um, I think the only thing he's asked for is a uh, a professional football team. Yeah, <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> Yeah. In Utah, named after Virginia or something like that. That would be great. But yeah, David Martin uh, presented as well at this Red Pill Expo on mm-hmm. uh, a lot of history, historical stuff. And I'm fairly well versed in history. I'm not the best, but I've done a lot of digging, particularly into the economics and banking system. He has you know, hit the highest level of financial world stuff, right? I remember when he was on CNBC, he was reporting every day on the business. He had his bow tie, David Martin. And I was like, who is this guy wearing his bow tie? And he was like, we got to meet. I got to meet and ch- spend some time with him at the Advanced Medicine Conference in San Antonio. And I, you know, as I tell the story, I was just, I was kind of not grilling him, but it's like from my historical perspective on a lot of things, I know certain things that I've confirmed, right? So I'm going to go, uh, let me ask him some questions about those things that I know. Yeah. So I, I know where he's at, right? And I was like, dude, did he not only know everything I knew? but then took it to the next and the next and the next. So it was validating the things I had already studied and validated, right? So it wasn't like if he had talked about certain subjects that I brought up and he came up with something that I know is clearly not wrong for my, then I would go, oh, okay. So he's telling some really fanciful story. No, this guy, he knew it all to a T and then some. And then he was going back to the uh, banking institutions, which we know the international bankers, the banker frauds, the Rothschild stuff, but that they're all all owned and run by drug money, drug cartels, going back to the opium trades all the way up to the now the modern pharmaceutical industrial complex drug uh, domination. So it was confirming to me the power of the drug industry is more profound than any other at this point. In fact, even some of the, the, the you know, the, the conspiratorial claims about certain religious groups on the planet and their ability to control and have so much money relates also to drugs. Back in the day, illicit, illegal drugs, now the FDA-approved variety. I don't know if you had ever encountered the depth to which David presented on the history of banking in America and how that's related. Well, having had, uh, it was a fascinating presentation for sure. And just the, the, the breadth and scope of his uh, intimate knowledge of history. I mean, uh, just for some of your listeners here, the, mm. we're not going back to the 19th century the 18th century, we're, we're going back. Uh, like 17th century? Uh, well, 17th century, even even a thousand years, because yeah. uh, we're looking past the establishment of, uh, we're actually looking back to the establishment of the Holy Roman Empire, which yeah. was a function of, uh, that was pre-Rome. Right. And so, yeah, and coming forward from that period of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the fascinating, one of the numbers I had heard from David before, but the, the illustration of it, uh, during his last presentation of the the GDP, mm-hmm. the greatest growth in the United States history in terms of GDP, uh, 
being a, a function of insurance companies. Mm. Uh, not production of wheat yeah. or cotton yeah. or steel or any other commodity. Mm-hmm. Life insurance. And, uh, and the story behind the origins of life insurance and those Scottish Presbyterians mm-hmm. was a fascinating, I've heard David explain that before, but he laid it out so crisply yeah. and so succinctly for everybody. Just, yeah, stunning. And also when we start to look at the predictions of the future, mm. you, can, you can learn about the future because of the actuarials uh, within the insurance industry. What are they betting on? What are they betting against? And, and that's shocking and stunning when we talk about depopulation agendas in certain uh, age groups and what they expect in terms of uh, birth rates moving forward, plummeting, in fact. Yeah, David made some, he made some statements that were quite shocking. And uh, the intention, for example, of uh, some of the banking industry and the insurance industry, uh, the movements that they're making now show a, a clear indication they have no intention of paying obligations right yeah in the future uh, and some specific obligations which are which uh, kind of augurs for a, uh, a a depopulation event when we talk about the benefits that you expect for instance if you buy life insurance you expect that those who survive you will be paid out upon your passing and the short version of this is that they are not anticipating paying out those things. Why? Because those who would be the recipients of those benefits are not going to be here either. Will not be alive. Will not be alive to receive it. So they are counting on, uh, obviously, uh, the most uh, profitable industry, which is beyond big pharma, which is insurance. And and I've said this just in a modern context. If you watch TV at all, the best and most prolific commercials are any kind of insurance commercial, they have more money to throw at advertising creativity, you know, and, and, and it's good for those that are in creativity to do those ads. They're the funniest ads ever, but it's like, how do they have so much money? Nobody does ads like the insurance industry. It's they've got money coming out their ears. They go create this, create this, create this. You understand that industry knows how to make money more than any other to point out, you know, how the banking industry goes uh, uh, through that insurance industry as well. And, uh, you know, the definitely the, the, the national banks, Andrew Jackson warned us about, our founders warned us about, and the Federal Reserve in 1913, that act set us up for the disaster that we're seeing in terms of inflation and hyperinflationary spirals. That's why I was glad to see my friends from Goldback were at the uh, event at the Red Pill Expo, goldback.com. We have links up and always on the banners to get that, to find ways to interact with your you're not as vulnerable or relying on the value, the diminishing value of the Federal Reserve note. Now, temporarily, we see, oh, the dollar gets stronger against other fiat currencies, floating currencies, but those are short-lived artificial controls. You'll still have an ounce of silver, an ounce of gold after all of that stuff is, you know, we stop saying, oh, how much is it worth in dollars, which are not really dollars by definition. So, I just bring that up as, as again, e- economic options to, to stay healthy when we see everybody else that relies solely on paper inflow uh, is in big trouble. Yeah, and I would add one of the, because uh, as I've listened to David Martin make these, um, disclose these facts, uh, for example, the, the reinsurance companies are, or the insurance companies are not reinsuring their debt. Yeah. And that's one of the leading indicators for his ability to prognosticate and actually do some math based on, also, representations of parties like 
Mr. Gates, the mm -hmm. Gates Foundation, others are looking at a 700 million depopulation event. That's mm -hmm. that's a function of their of the, right. the their math, right? So, but uh, what I've asked David, well, David, then uh, if the value of money is going to disappear, mm -hmm. money being the the Federal Reserve notes and other fiat money that you have identified, then what? And I've actually I've heard him ask that. He's been asked that question by. Uh, a few other folks I've listened to in in, uh, in interviews, and his response is, um, invest in invest in things that are necessary for living. Yeah, correct. Yes. And uh, so, I asked him one time, well, "Give me an example." He said, "Well, how about how about buying some property at the headwater of a of a stream mm -hmm. or river because uh, water's necessary." Oh yeah, that's a commodity that'll never uh, grow old. Yeah. Um, another example that he provided, uh, in addition to uh, rare metals, um, metals that are necessary for manufacturing. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yes. Because and, uh, as are... long as we got to have machines to make stuff, mm -hmm. then there's going to be uh, stuff that machines need to be made out of. Folks, this is where you get into the concept of natural resources and the control of those natural resources being so critical for the, the domination of those players that understand this. And wars have been fought over it, of course, and and now they do it through treaties. And you see the federal government in the United States owns, I don't know, 50, 60, 70, 80 percent, depending on where you are, of the land in, in the various western states. Mm -hmm. And they claim dominion and ownership over everything on that land. They prohibit you accessing it and they limit, you know, through EPA regulations, other things that they, they do or, or through treaties, uh, limit the access to that that would free up the people who live there to be able to be very abundant and, and provide goods and even services based on accessing, um, you know, that which is under the ground, so to speak, or on it. And I think that's another aspect of the next phase of breaking through the international treaties, the limitations of the federal government claiming superiority to the states, which the creator is supposed to always have more power than that which it creates, mm -hmm. right? And yet the states and the people which created the federal government are acting, acting subservient to the federal government. And I think that uh, very few uh, attorneys general in the state level are willing to take on the feds to say, hey, you, you don't have the authority in the Constitution to do what you're doing to limit our access to our own state resources. Yeah. On that very point, George Wentz, our um, lead counsel of the Prosecute Now team, is, uh, I, I would say, probably the, the leading authority mm -hmm. legally on the issue of uh, state land versus federal land rights. Mm -hmm. He was actually retained by the Utah legislature um, to prepare a, a treatise mm -hmm. on the best approach that the state of Utah can take to obtain regain control over regain it. Yeah. control yeah. of the lands within our within our state borders from the federal government that actually have an obligation to return them. Mm -hmm. And so at this point, the state legislature has not acted on that information. They have not. But, uh, it's a phenomenal read. It's a, an over, it's a, a brief in excess of 250 pages. I ought to share that with you. Yeah, I, would, I have I would, a copy of that. It's a fascinating it, read. Is it online anywhere? Uh, no, we haven't okay. uploaded that. Okay. It's, uh, that's a fascinating read because, it, uh, yeah, the, the right that we have to our sovereign soil actually predates the, um, the Articles of Confederation. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's another fascinating journey, y'all. You never know on the Robert Scott Bell Show where you're going to end up going. 
but it'll always be healing, whether it even be of a mm. political uh, and global nature, but uh, also a physiological, emotional, uh, mental, spiritual, like, and all of that. We do that here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. So, Stan, we're, we got a, well, we're doing great first hour of the show here. Um, are you going to hang out for the second hour? Do you got to do reports and, and legal stuff, or what's your plan? I tried to take care of that before I came, Robert, so I'd be available. Okay, because we've got uh, Dr. Patrick Vickers from the Gerson Clinic out west. They're going to join us in hour two. We'll be simulcasting on Brideon as well. If you want to hang out, we'll just have a conversation on all kinds of stuff. Who knows? We'll have love to hang out. That'll be good. All right. So uh, otherwise, uh, uh, as far as other news, uh, Super Don uh, showed me a Washington Post article where it says, just go ahead and say it. The monkeypox is a pandemic. Come on. The same people that screwed up the bogus pandemic, scamdemic, plandemic are saying, hey, just declare it. WHO, go ahead. Say it. Let me see if I can find this article here. I got it. Uh, yes, it's an opinion piece by an Eric Feigl Ding and Kavita Patel and Yanir Bar Yam out of the WHO. It's in the Washington Post. And they say, let's call monkeypox what it is, a pandemic. They're like, oh, if we don't act to shut down and lock down everybody, everybody's going to die. Where have we heard that? It's not been that long that we'll forget, is it? I mean, these are the experts that screwed up the first one or the one that we call the first one in our lifetime, the so-called scamdemic of this uh, is yeah. interesting that we now have proponents in the press mm -hmm. uh, cheering for the who. Yeah. To uh, declare a pandemic that have nothing, uh, they have no business doing that. Of course, uh, the WHO has now changed the definition of pandemic down to vanilla, vanilla ice cream. Anything is a pandemic that they declare it to be. Of course, we see that the uh, monkeypox is uh, may or may not even be validated to be anything related to uh, the so-called monkeypox virus that may be related to smallpox, and they want to bring it back smallpox vaccines, which are some of the most devastating, dangerous, and deadly vaccines that have ever been created prior to the time of mRNA shots, which have gotten things and made it even worse. Uh, and uh, this is what we want to do, repeat history because we don't learn from it. The same mistakes of the past, we want to go right back in. And the WHO is encouraging it. All the predictions they made that were wrong, they're making them again. They'll be wrong again. The question is, will the American people fall for it? Will you be afraid like you were last time and cooperate with these tyrants parading and masquerading as public health officials that are out to help you, to protect you, to save you. Yeah, because we all need protection, right? Because mm. life is supposed to be safe. Yeah. yeah. That's that's like trying to sell me a life insurance policy. Isn't that interesting? It's based on fear. You're going to die. Yeah. It is. Well, actually, yeah, let's train you first to live beyond your means. Mm -hmm. And then because you can't pay your bills when you die, you need somebody else to take care of your mm -hmm. Of your uh, spouse yeah. and your kids, um, why don't you just buy this life insurance policy instead of living within your means? Just right. buy stuff you don't need. Isn't that interesting how the debt slave paradigm mm. precipitated and facilitated the rise of the insurance scam? Yeah, they don't call it death insurance. No, they don't, do they? They don't. They don't call it what it is. That's just classic in that case. Well, Or they could call it uh, bond servant. <laughs> a bond servant. They could call it a bond servant contract. <laughs> Interesting. So monkeypox, of course, they're also saying it's really only happening in uh, men who are engaged in uh, risk, what they call risky sexual practices with other men. 
facilitating what? I mean, these are unhygienic practices and they could spread all kinds of things that shouldn't be happening. And uh, of course, then they want to say, no, 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 everybody's at risk equally. Uh, remember, your immune system is fundamental to the protection and defense of every cell in your body. And it doesn't even have to act on your behalf when you're so healthy that every cell is just exuding vitality. This is what we call in homeopathy vital force. Uh, it's a vitalistic view of the body. And interestingly enough, the term vitamin comes from that concept of vital force, even though most vitamins have been synthesized and they're not the same thing in terms of what they ha what happens in, in food, et cetera. So we like to encourage you to go deeper into the history and the past of these things. And uh, the vital force is an essential part. In fact, it is the essence of life itself. All of the focus on just pure chemistry is can often be a distraction, even though, yes, our bodies are physical, they operate in a chemical world or realm as well. The reality is those minerals that we support utilizing facilitate the electrical activity, the life force activity of all the cells as well. And, and in the medical field where they look at every symptom, ailment, illness, and emotion as evidence of a deficiency in synthetic poisons approved by the Fear and Death Administration, we're like, what kind of crazy world do we live in? Is it Alice in Wonderland all the time? Yeah, and I don't know, last time I checked anybody's body, you, you, you can't segregate it as distinctly. I mean, I don't know if a surgeon, I've talked to surgeons about this because mm -hmm. I've looked at uh, artistic renditions of the human body without skin. Mm -hmm. For example, like, oh, here are all the organs, here are all the blood veins, here's how everything's situated inside of our skin. And they mm -hmm. say, well, when, I, when you open somebody up, it doesn't look like that, mm -hmm. you know? So that those clean lines of segregation, certainly there are some organs operate, every body, every part of the body has its function, but the mm -hmm. fact is they're all integrated. Yeah. And to try to make medicine a, a reductio ad absurdum practice <laughs> right, is absurd. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, how can you focus on, uh, uh, actually, I got to say this, because I think one of the major benefits that we've got from this comes back on the health front with uh, Cardio Miracle. One of the major benefits that mm -hmm. flows from the kind of research that we're doing on Cardio Miracle is mm -hmm. this in silico testing. We're testing thousands of network, uh, molecular networks, and how they interact with other thousands of molecular networks based on these uh, mm -hmm. mechanisms of action, which are a function of the natural products, the natural food, mm -hmm. natural ingredients inside the uh, uh, inside the natural foods in that cardiomiracle mix. Mm -hmm. So I remember John, mm -hmm. John Hewlett, asking one of the biochemists that does this research for us, mm -hmm. he said, can you just please identify or create for me a list of the ingredients that are most impactful in cardiomiracle and mm -hmm. just the top 10 in descending order. Yeah. And, uh, and Anton Fleury is this, uh, chemist, this biochemist name. He says, John, I, I, I could do that, but uh, the fact is the the body is complex, yeah. and this this uh, cardio miracle, uh, the mechanisms of actions, these seven hundred and fifty plus mechanisms of action, they're an orchestra. They're not a single instrument, mm -hmm. right? And you can't get you can't have a an orchestral experience by playing the cowbell, <laughs> although <laughs> the cowbell is a very distinct, yes, strong exactly. sound. You could yeah. probably pick it up over a violin, right? But Something's got to carry a melody. Yeah. You know. All right. Well, as we're wrapping up hour one, my good friend Stanford Graham is here. Uh, we are, I did the Cardio Miracle this morning, every morning. That's my start. And uh, facilitating prolonged uh, production of nitric oxide while counteracting the 
the, the harmful effects that would be of the rise of peroxy nitrite as well as facilitating a lot of cell signaling, uh, modulation activities, and the facilitation of the stored vitamin D into the active form. So we'll talk about that in a whole lot more. Hour two, I'm going to uh, introduce in just a moment. We're on the countdown clock. We're going to be joined uh, live on Brideon.tv. Stand by. Here we go. Three, two, one. All right, welcome everybody. Hour two of the Robert Scott Bell Show. This time on Mondays, we are simulcasting on Brideon.tv. I got to let you know my buddy Stanford Graham is here. We just wrapped up the Red Pill Expo with G. Edward Griffin. What a phenomenal event, and you've got to attend the next one. It's looking to be in early November in the Salt Lake City area. We'll get you more details as we learn of them. Also, this hour as we head into a new hour of the show, Real healing on tap even more. Dr. Patrick Vickers from the Gerson Clinic is going to join us. And we'll talk some of the history there, what's going on, what what access can you have to the healing uh, modalities, methods, etc. of the Gerson Clinic today in the United States even. You might not have to leave the country to get some of those benefits. And I'm thrilled uh, to bring that to your attention. Shout out to my good friend, Joni Abbott as well. We got to hang out this weekend at the Red Pill Expo. Love you, Joni. And I uh, love and appreciate you all. Share the show, robertscottbell.com slash listen. There's a chat room there. We're going to get this healing party started right about now. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Here we go, cranking up for well, health, freedom, and healing, liberty. I love to do this two hours a day, six days a week. And uh, right now, we're still in Indianapolis. My good friend Stanford Graham is hanging out with me in the uh, remote studio, and we just had a wonderful Red Pill Expo. This hour, we're going to be joined by Dr. Patrick Vickers in just a few minutes. Uh, and uh, I just want to encourage you to sign up for email alerts. Super Don blasts them out, and usually there's some very interesting poll questions he sets up for you as well. And you can uh, be part of the, the email journey with us by uh, texting RSB, my initials, RSB to 22828. Send RSB to 22828 or just come on over to robertscottbell.com slash listen. There's the visual on it. Text RSB to 22828 to get started. Subscribe to our newsletter and you'll be plugged into a lot of special offers and deals for those things that we use and appreciate here uh, that keep me healthy and strong, including the cardio miracle that Stan and I both do. And Stan, what was your recent mile run that you did a 428, 427? 427.6, yeah. 427.6. Anybody that runs the mile knows that that's ridiculous at almost any age. And you are 50-something. I made uh, 60 rotations around. The you sun. did not make your 60th year, did you? I did. So does that mean it's easier for you to get the world record in the mile at 60 plus? It is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay. Well, all right. Take getting it there, close to that. I could be a world record holder hanging out with my buddy here, Stan. Yeah, we'll do it this. Yeah, we'll do it this year. It's uh, it's going down, dude. It is going down. Amazing. So. Well, this is what we do. We got to live. Uh, you know, the the passion that we have while we're here, in spite or, or despite all of the things that we we talk about that may not be pleasant to talk about. One of the things before we bring Dr. Vickers up, want to reference um, G. Edward Griffin. This man is a living legend. He's an institution. He's an American hero. Uh, what he's seen in this lifetime and what he continues to do. Uh, author of Creature from Jekyll Island, World Without Cancer, and so much more. And Ed is a friend. He's an amazing man. I'm grateful that he asked me to. Uh, I've emceed 25% of the Red Pill Expos now. I calculated I mean, really? that. Two out of eight. That's 25%, isn't it? 
Do the math. Last time. Yeah. Yeah. It's 25%. That's pretty cool. Straight up. I was honored to do it. Honestly, it was really a blessing. And yet he shared uh, in his presentation uh, the the near death experience he had after the the Lafayette, Louisiana Red Pill Expo. Uh, And he uh, was admitted to a hospital. And in the hospital, uh, he was uh, uh, woken up. At two in the morning, he's, you know, unconscious, trying to sleep. Two in the morning, a nurse shuffles into his uh, his room, he describes. He hears the noise. He says, what are you doing here? And she says, I'm here to get you, give you your medication. And he's on an IV, and she's going to inject something into the IV line. And he says, what is it? This is your, oh, this is just your medication. What What is it? Remdesivir. And he, he's like, wait a second. I heard, I don't want remdesivir. He calls, I think, his wife or Dan or somebody. Is it remdesivir? I don't want, yeah, you don't want, do not i do not want it i do not authorize on my chart i don't want it and she says okay and she writes on the chart next night sleeping middle of the night 2 a.m again nurse shuffles in different one i'm here to give you your medication fortunately he wakes up again i mean you're the miracle of waking up hearing that in the middle of the night and uh, it's it's a remdesivir no i don't want it and fights back don't give it to me again same thing third night happens again two in the morning wakes up and this time he's ready he knows what's happening he's like you know don't even think about check this. the chart check the chart it says don't do it they would have killed him they would have killed g edward griffin had he not had the i i don't know divine providence intervene to wake him up yeah. to be able to have the wherewithal to say stop this do not put this into my arm and then he was checked out and found out through a dream you talk yeah. about what he described yeah yeah well even before we get to that, I mean, he, well, yeah, he has a dream uh, and sees, he talks about the, uh, the recollections he has as a boy of having the job of getting up in the morning in the wintertime and, and throwing coal in the furnace down yeah, in the basement. Yeah, like, like coal pellets or something. Yeah, and then, well, old coal, old yeah. coal stove down in yeah. the basement. He goes down and opens it up and stirs the coals up and sees those fiery embers. And he has a dream. It's those fiery uh, coal embers. He actually opens the door to his gut and sees in his, his own stomach. Yeah, sees, yeah. And it's like, like what he remembered as a, as a boy. Yeah. Like opening that door to that coal yeah. stove, opening a door to into his gut and looking into his stomach and seeing live coals burning there and a strange red animal. Yes. Well, and what was that animal? Do you remember? He didn't say what it was, but it was a strange red, red animal. animal. Right. And then he gets out of the hospital, finds out, yeah, well, actually, let's talk about his admission because okay. he said they want he uh, oh, yeah. he's going to get admitted to the hospital. So anyway, he had an ulcer. Yeah, and uh, so he gets to the hospital. They want to give him a, a PCR test. They want to test him for COVID. COVID, of and course. he says uh, no. Yeah, says, well, you got to be admitted. Uh, mm-hmm. To be admitted, you got to take it. He yeah. says, well, you're not going to stick the swab up my nose. And he yeah. says, well, we're not going to stick it far that far up. He says, well, fine, give me the swab. Let me do it. Yeah, he <laughs> just touches it barely. So he, right? says he touches just the inside of his nose and gives it back to him and, and they test it and it's it comes negative. back negative right and but then he says they make a notation on the uh on the report we think uh, it's a false negative it, it right? could, this could be a false, false negative, negative. yeah yes. this could be a false negative so of they course are. he's tested yeah it comes back negative so negative and so of course they're going to give him room desivir yeah like what the hell that's the profit center French? yeah the profit center in that regard so we but basically short story because i yeah. want to bring dr victor's in here he gets out they find out he has a severe bleeding ulcer right. in stomach and duodenum the duodenal ulcer and he he would have bled to death and mm-hmm. they they utilize some more natural remedies to get get him back under control and he made it here he's a bit weak he was in a wheelchair not because his muscles and and and, and uh 
legs don't work, but the heart issues, you know, all the depletion. And so he's being rebuilt, right? The bionic man without bionics. And he, yeah, he's, uh, he's fighting. Yeah. <laughs> he's G. Edward, man. Yeah, he's a fighter, and we appreciate him. God bless you, G. Edward God Griffin. Bless. We're blessed to know you. Uh, and, and I'm blessed to know this man coming up right now on the Robert Scott Bell Show, if we can bring from the Gerson Clinic, uh, Dr. Patrick Victor Vickers doing amazing work out, out west. Dr. Vickers, good to see you. Good to have you on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Hi, nice to finally meet you. I've heard about you forever, and you know, it's nice to finally actually sit down and speak with you. We've had uh, we've been fans of the Gerson Clinic and the entire history uh, from Max Gerson on forward uh, and uh, Charlotte, uh, everybody there. And we've had fans within the Gerson Clinic, nurses as well, that have listened to this show and are fans of my producer, Super Don. In fact, they're encouraging him. Super Don needs a, co- a coffee enema. He's still refusing. <laughs> but regardless, we love uh, the Gerson Clinic and everything that's yeah. going on, the history of that. And and uh, Dr. Vickers, you might want to just introduce yourself to the audience that do- may not know you about your history and how you connected with it and why you feel it's so important to tell the world what you guys are doing there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so ever since I was 11 years old, I wanted to be a chiropractor and uh, a friend of our families was a chiropractor and they were staying at our home for the weekend. And their five-year-old boy was sleeping with me one night when he woke up in the middle of the night with a cough that wouldn't stop. He just coughed for like 20 minutes straight. And finally, his father came up, lied him on the end of the bed, adjusted his neck both ways, and he stopped coughing immediately. And I was 11 years old and I said, that's what I'm going to do for a living. And so here I am <clears throat> a year away from graduating chiropractic school at New York Chiropractic College when, when a woman by the name of Charlotte Gerson, Dr. Gerson's last living daughter, who you know is iconic in American natural medicine history, right? Yeah. Um, she was invited to come speak at our school at New York Chiropractic College. And the moment she opened her mouth, I said, that's what I'm going to do. Mm. I was a year away from graduating and uh, – when she opened her mouth, I said, that is the higher calling for me, and that is what I'm going to do. And so as soon as I graduated chiropractic school, even before that, actually, I, I interned at the uh, – there was a satellite clinic briefly in Sedona, Arizona back in 1998, mm-hmm. uh, 1997, that I interned at uh, where I actually lived with Charlotte Gerson when she would be there at the facility. And then in 1999, Charlotte actually invited me to her home for Mm. two months to live with her, where she had all her father's handwritten files of all his patients between 1910 and 1959 when he died. And she asked me to go through those files. Mm. And I'm one of a handful of people who've ever had the privilege of going through Dr. Gerson's handwritten files. And and the rest is history. You know, I opened the clinic 11 years ago now, uh, knowing Charlotte was going to retire. I don't know if you're aware, but when Gerson died in 1959, the, the therapy died with him. Nobody did the therapy for 17 years, 18 years until 1977 when Charlotte was given the funding to rebirth her father's therapy. So his legacy virtually died until 1977 when it was reborn and, and recognizing that when Charlotte retired and ultimately passed away three years ago, that that legacy would once again be on the line. And so mm-hmm. I just took it upon myself to open the clinic 
and get Dr. Gerson's word out there, knowing that Charlotte was, you know, kind of fading off into the sunset at that point. And so that's where we are now. I mean, we have our clinic, you know, just to correct you, we are not on the West Coast. We are in Rosarito, Mexico, Mm. for obvious reasons. Okay, I was just maybe wishful thinking, hoping that we might be able to bring healing back on United States shores a little bit, but... (laughs) Uh, maybe that's a future endeavor that I'm seeing too soon. But I, again, appreciate that at least it's sort of on the North American continent, not so far. But it's yeah. embarrassing to me as an American who loves freedom that we have to leave our country in order to get actual healing. Isn't that just the craziest thing? That is the reality. You know, I mean, if I open up this clinic in the United States and make the claims that we are able to make that we're reversing cancer and virtually every single degenerative disease, uh, I would go to jail and the clinic would get shut down. That is the reality. And so we are just over the border from San Diego. I do do occasional retreats Mm -hmm. in the United States, but they're wellness retreats where cancer patients don't participate in those retreats uh, Mm -hmm. for legal reasons, ultimately. But but yeah, our clinic has to be over the border in order to protect our, you know, our own yeah. interests. Yeah. It's sad. It's a reality I've been talking about for ever since I opened up the microphone in 1999 on this show. Uh, and I've got many friends that are doing battle with the, f- the federal government uh, in the courts, etc. We've, we've just got an interesting, uh, maybe potential benefit in those battles with that recent Supreme Court ruling against the EPA uh, that, you know, was talking almost to the Chevron decision that great gave great deference to the so-called experts in the bureaucratic oligarchy over Congress writing laws so they could just have leeway to write anything out that they want. And that's been the prohibition on freedom of speech for a long time when it comes to natural health, natural healing, non-pharmaceutical methods to address, quote unquote, disease that we're not allowed to treat, prevent, cure, mitigate, or all of those words. That's and Stan, right. you, you know, you are, as an attorney, you, under, you understand the, the words that they have written from the oligarchy on down to prohibit us to, to have freedom. We're guilty until proven innocent. Good luck proving your innocence to the FDA, for instance. Yeah, we've taken time to uh, I took personal time to actually read the regulations uh, related to and under the auspices of the FDA. And I I can tell you at personal experience, it made me physically ill mm-hmm. to read uh those those regulations and understand that we have the that our freedom of speech and thought communication uh the freedom of our relationships being able to share personal life experiences Mm -hmm. uh whether to you know to to help enhance each other's lives all these all these things have been severely restricted by unnamed and unelected bureaucrats bureaucrats who write regulations that uh that uh, have as much power as legislative law, hmm. but the the language itself, Robert and and doctor, as you as you well know, it's it is actually sickening. It made me physically ill. Then we need hmm. to go to the Gerson Clinic to recover. Yeah, it's you know the depth of the deceit and the lies over. I mean, when you consider the fact that we've been reversing advanced disease for over a hundred years now, particularly yeah. terminal cancer, um, you know, better than anyone. Yeah. And, and people just don't hear about it because it is censored by the authorities and particularly the media who are being controlled by the authorities, right? Yeah, and the irony, of course, is the crime is being perpetrated by the government itself, the media that lies and suppresses and, and any number of uh, uh, co-conspirators, so to speak. And, and they yet they claim that 
we are the criminals who would dare heal disease against the permission of the king, right? We're not supposed to have a king, queen, or emperor, but what we are seeing and what we've witnessed in our lifetime is things that King George III would have killed for to have this kind of power over the American colonies. And our own government is exhibiting that through the uh, uh, violation of the separation of powers clause in our constitution, putting it all in the executive branch under this oligarchy that maybe now there's more ammo to fight back on in the courts by this uh, recent decision against EPA. We'll see where it goes from there. Also, uh, the New Hampshire uh, uh, has just prohibited the state enforcement of federal vaccine mandates. This is interesting under the 10th Amendment. And I thought this would be an interesting thing, Stan, when we were talking about state sovereignty and yeah. reclaiming when will a state, one state say, we're kicking you out, FDA, you have no authority here, and we're going to set up a health freedom state so the Gerson Clinic can come back in on U.S. soil and do it. Wow. But yeah, there's that federal, you know, kicking back on the feds through the 10th Amendment. Yeah. the One of the principles that we're raising in the Griner versus Biden case is uh, uh, we have a specific claim regarding the police powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that police powers are reserved to the states. And this uh, goes along with the enforcement of uh, the mandated injection uh, for healthcare workers mm -hmm. as an exercise of police powers. Moreover, we're making the argument that it is a deceptive practice of medicine. Uh, practice of medicine being, uh, in, in, in this particular case, the, the operative language, because what in the world is the federal government doing practicing medicine? I thought licensure was required for that. And uh, and here we have the federal government interrupting and intervening mm -hmm. in the relationship between a doctor and his or her patient. And uh, I thought state boards were necessary. I thought education was necessary. I thought uh, licensure was necessary. But here we have the federal government uh, practicing deceptively uh, medicine in states in which they have no right to do so. And uh, in interrupting the link, the uh, that that uh, mm -hmm. remarkable relationship that should exist, yeah, you know, no, that time it, did exist between a doctor and his or her. It's patient. a great strategy legally, I think. It yeah. hasn't been tried that I know of. And like I said, Doctor Patrick Victor's, I have this vision where we could have a Gerson or clinic or multiple ones stateside one day. And I and I ask people to hold those visions in their hearts and their minds or spirits so, because that's part of how things manifest. And for so long, we have just kind of cowered in fear to the power of the federal government. And I'm not saying they don't have power to do horrible things to good people. Well, they do. We know that. But at the same time, we're looking to uh, uh, address a future that would be different different than what we see now. And sometimes it takes that creative imagination to imagine it's possible. Yeah, well, let's let's hope that, you know, we can defeat the beast that's going on right now around us, you know, and and it looks kind of bleak at times. But, you know, that's always the hope, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so what other things can uh, people avail themselves of, of if they're able to get across the border? Hopefully there's no problem with the border down there in San Diego to get to where you are and the Gerson Clinic. Uh, is it something that uh, you have intake things, people that might have serious challenges to their health and they say, hey, maybe this is an option I didn't know about? Yeah. So getting across the border right now is absolutely no problem if you cross the border via, 
you know, car or by walking. So people flying to San Diego, we pick them up at the airport. We take them to the clinic. No vaccines required, no PCR, nothing. So right, right now that remains, you know, a huge benefit for, for us and our patients. But, mm-hmm. you know, at our clinic, you know, we're doing what is the advanced Gerson therapy. So we've taken Dr. Gerson's basic foundational tenets and we've expounded on them based on what's come out in the scientific literature you know, since 1959 when he died. So anyone who knew who Dr. Gerson was, you know, Albert Schweitzer called him the greatest genius in medical history. Nobel Mm -hmm. Peace Prize winner Albert Schweitzer called Dr. Gerson the greatest genius in medical history. Uh, Eight years before Schweitzer won the Nobel Prize, he had severely advanced diabetes. Gerson cured him in eight weeks. His wife, Helena, you know, uh, Schweitzer's wife, Helena, had terminal tuberculosis. She had six months to live. Dr. Gerson completely cured her. And even their daughter, their four-year-old daughter, had an undecipherable skin condition. Dr. Gerson completely reversed it, all using the same treatment, the Gerson therapy. And so um, and so you come to our clinic, you're getting, you're getting, you know, the mm-hmm. Gerson therapy and the advanced protocols that we utilize. And it doesn't matter yeah. if you have cancer, diabetes, whatever. We're successfully treating these diseases using Dr. Gerson's work and, you know, ultimately his legacy. Yeah, the miracle of healing is, is really, it's the miracle of accessing what we already know to do. It's, and I remember growing up, uh, Dr. Vickers, hearing about one day we'll cure cancer. I mean, this is the whole thing. Raise money, donate here, we'll match the grant. All of this was a scam. Scam. The cures for cancer that are too numerous to mention that are, fractionally in terms of cost or investment available to everybody that don't require a patent at all. And, yep. and yet the entire industry of, of, you know, we talk about the insurance scam, but the medical mafia and the monopoly, et, et cetera, has suppressed knowledge of that to the point where, you know, how many times have, have we, once we woke up and realized, oh my gosh, there are thousands of ways to overcome cancer. Here's some methods that are faster than others. And, and then they'd say, well, if that were the case, everybody would know about it. Yeah, that's right. They'd be shouting it from the rooftops, right? Yeah. And then you find out that those that did were suppressed or imprisoned and sometimes murdered. Well, Doc, and that would be Dr. Gerson, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he was censored by the U.S. government. July 1st through the 3rd, he testified before the United States Senate when the Pepper Neely anti-cancer bill had come to the floor of the United States Senate. It was was designed Mm -hmm. to appropriate $100 million in funding to anyone who could show promise in the realm of cancer research. Now, this was back in 1946, and someone heard that this guy in Manhattan was reversing advanced cancer, and they invited him to testify July 1st through the 3rd. And so shocked was everybody in Senate chambers that Senator Claude Pepper himself, who sponsored the bill, said Dr. Gerson dedicated his life to the mastery of this scourge of cancer, and all should honor his great work. And we never heard about it. What happened? Gerson was to give an interview to the international press. He was whisked away to the international press room to give an interview on his testimony that he'd given. He sat in a room alone for an hour and a half. They never showed up. The international press was whisked away to another room and an impromptu party had been thrown on their behalf to prevent them from interviewing Dr. Gerson. And the reason why is obvious, right? Not only was he talking about the cure for cancer and all these other diseases, but he was talking during his testimony about all the causes 
of these diseases. Right. And what are the causes of a lot of the diseases that we're dealing with today? The food industry, the mm -hmm. agricultural industry, the power industry, the oil industry, all of these things he was talking about. And you can imagine the red flag that went up in Washington because those are the guys funding the campaigns. Exactly. Those that, yeah. that actually uh, threw the money at all of the politicians and the emerging oligarchy in the 20th century would have been utterly decimated and destroyed if they were outed as the primary causes of cancer. we got to take a break here on our with our friends at Brideon.tv. I uh, appreciate them and Mike Adams, the health ranger, and all that he does. We'll be right back here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, we continue for a, a couple of minutes here live on the Robert Scott Bell Show while Brideon takes their break. I just want to say also a shout-out to my friend Tor McPartland, who developed the Orange Guard pesticide. What? A pesticide that I drank on the air? Yes, I did a few weeks ago. How is that possible I'm alive? Well, it's basically a distillate from the orange peel, from the citrus peel, delimony, which is also known as a curative agent in cancer and other things. And this delimonene, he went up all the way through the EPA rigmarole in the 90s and got approval as a pesticide, safe to use around kids, pets, food, everything, makes your house smell like oranges, and it doesn't cause cancer. So there are ways to manage things that are a little buggy to you, and you can do that safely. If you go to orangeguard.com, there you go, orangeguard.com, and local Ace Hardware stores often have this product in because they're more neighborhood-oriented. I love the, the Ace Hardwares. They even take goldbacks in our area. You can go to the goldback, goldback.com, get some goldbacks, and pay in goldbacks at a lot of the Ace Hardwares in your area, depending on where you are. But, yes, orangeguard.com, it's amazing. And uh, as I said, delimiting is one of those miracles of creation that can be utilized successfully, as it does in nature. There I am in my greenhouse growing my things organically, which, by the way, it's certified by OMRI, safe for organic agriculture, so you're not going to disrupt your status if you are officially going for organic. But many people that don't want to pay the fees to be organic do organic agricultural practices, sometimes even better. So get to know your farmer, or even better, become your own farmer. And as I've said many times, if you're waiting till you're hungry to start to grow food, it's far too late. There are so many supply chain disruptions that we are seeing right now and that are imminent down the road. Uh, I don't want to see a zombie apocalypse manifest wherever you are. So please, not only you grow food, but you must encourage your neighbors, your surrounding areas to grow food as well. Because if you're the only one growing food, you won't have enough bullets to protect that food before they start eating yours and then they'll eat you too. That's the zombie apocalypse I want to avoid. All right, folks, we got about 20 seconds and we'll be joined by our Brighteon.tv audience as well. We've got uh, Dr. Patrick Victors joining from the Gerson Clinic, and we've got a lot more to discuss in the time we have together. Also, shout out to our friends at Nutritional Frontiers and Trinity School of Natural Health. We've got some upcoming events we'll tell you about. All right, welcome back, everybody, at Brighteon.tv. You're watching or listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show, robertscottbell.com. Sign up for email alerts uh, by going to our website or sending RSB, my initials, two, to 22828, RSB to 22828. Uh, Stanford Graham, my good buddy with, uh, so, well, he does so many things. Of course, uh, oh, the things we do with the uh, uh, Cardio Miracle are legendary. He's going for the world record in the mile. Now the over 60 mile, uh, which the last run you said you, you you peaked at so far, 427 in the mile run. I've got a better run, but that's the nearest. That's, that's the, the that's most the, recent. Most recent right. time, yeah. 
and uh, I'm utilizing it and running circles around people in their 20s and 30s. And I was not well in my at 24 years of age. I was chronically ill for 24 years. And so I do the Cardio Miracle every day. And uh, you can link in the show notes at Cardio Miracle dot uh, com or go there and use the code RSB to get a, a, your best discount ever. And we do uh, online webinars for free from time to time to give you some more insights into what that does as well. And uh, the facilitation of prolonged production of nitric oxide while neutralizing the peroxynitrite rise, which would be negative and inflammatory in that context, is I- extraordinary. And today, Smolensky, PhD out of Ohio University, That's all right. he established uh, what it could do. And, it's, and we're learning more all the time, including enhancing autophagy or autophagy, depending on who you are and how you say it. Uh, and that's a big part of also addressing what Dr. Patrick Vickers does in, in terms of when you kill cancer cells or things that you want to help get out of the body. That is a process you do want to support. That's right. That's what the body does when you're trying to heal cancer. It, it digests cancer cells and, you know, eliminates them through the liver and the kidneys and the intestines. So, And that's why the support method above anybody that's integrative or holistic in terms of cancer therapy works to how do we help the liver, the kidneys, the colon, the lymph? Why are coffee enemas so critically important? And why won't Super Don do them? Well, I can't answer the, <laughs> the second part of that question, but the first part you can address too, because my good friend, Dr. Nick Gonzalez, following on William Dolan Kelly's work, also incorporated those things. And of course, that's part and parcel of the Gerson therapy as well. Yeah, that's exactly right. In fact, William Kelly was cured by the Gerson therapy. Uh, you know, he went up to Charlotte Gerson and, and told her that he did the Gerson therapy to cure himself, you know, of his cancer. And then he went on to expound on that work and came up with his own protocol, you know. Mm-hmm. So and then Nick obviously was mentored by by William. So the coffee enema, I mean, Gerson made that famous, obviously. Why does the coffee enema work? It's simple and it is scientific. So your liver produces an enzyme called glutathione S transferase. It's one of the most potent detoxifying enzymes in the human body. The liver produces that enzyme using palmitic acid. Now, properly roasted organic coffee from very specific beans, not necessarily an aromatic drinking bean, but a more basic pH bean as it relates to pH, more basic, bean is properly loaded with palmitic acid. And it has been clinically demonstrated by Peter Lechner. He did a study on coffee enemas that when you do one coffee enema, the production of glutathione transferase goes up six to 700% greater than normal. Now, our patients are getting five coffee enemas per day. They have to. They're so toxic. Not only are they toxic from years of dietary and environmental abuse, but they're also toxic because the tumors themselves or whatever disease process they're dealing with is producing its own endotoxins. Then you start putting them on the 13 juices a day, 20 pounds of organic fruits and vegetables every single day, and you generate more toxicity as you break down tumor tissue and rebuild new tissue. So we have to get those toxins out of the body or we cannot cure them. So the coffee enema is an absolutely potent mechanism for reverse or getting the toxicity out of the body through the production of glutathione transferase. Well, people say, well, why can't I drink it? Well, the reason is many reasons because one, when you drink it, 
those palmitic acid salts get used up in the digestive process. So they're not going to make it straight to the liver unadulterated. Whereas when you take anything rectally, right, where is that going? It's going straight to the liver because sitting right there at the mm -hmm. rectum is what? The hemorrhoidal veins. Mm -hmm. And the hemorrhoidal veins absorb that coffee, carry it to the portal vein. And where does the portal vein end? It ends in the liver. So anything you take rectally goes straight to the liver without being, you know, without being digested and compromised. You know, if you drink a bottle of vodka, you'll get really sick. If you took a bottle of vodka rectally and people have done that, they're dead in 30 minutes. Why? Because it goes there completely unmetabolized and they go into liver coma. Well, the same thing with the coffee enema. When you take the coffee enema, it goes straight to the liver without going through the digestive metabolic process, and it's utilized there immediately. Well, and, and in this case, it's not detrimental to the liver. It, it facilitates powerful functions that desperately need to be supported in these in these cancer patients in particular. But, you know, as I've argued for many people, even as a general health maintenance scenario, you might consider that occasionally. And as you've seen by doing it, uh, the frequency you've described, I think uh, Super Don just fell out of his chair. But <laughs> the, re the reality is you're dealing with such an extreme circumstance, these people that are so toxic and weak and deficient that the functions are just not happening. So it is a, a, a bypass, if you will, but not in a way that is detrimental, but is life saving in those cases. Yeah, beyond a shadow of a doubt. And, you know, you say we have to do it because they're in, in extreme circumstances. Well, the reality is in the environment that we live today, you need to do a coffee enema every single day. I mean, it really is. It really is that vital today as a means of prevention. You know, Charlotte Gerson, up until she died, she did one to two coffee enemas a day for 55 years. Mm -hmm. Ever since I met Charlotte Gerson, I've been doing one coffee enema every single day for 25 years, have not missed a day. Now, mm -hmm. people say, well, isn't that a bit extreme? Well, you know, if I was living in 1900, 1800, then, you know, when things were much more pure, that probably you know, would have been considered madness. But today we live in such an extreme environment that mm -hmm. doing one coffee enema a day as a means of prevention, in my eyes, every single person should be doing that. Dr. Vickers, I mean, I, you, what you're talking about is an extraordinary and extreme circumstance that we're living in. It's an acknowledgement of the terrain. This is why, you know, my training as a homeopath and the clinical uh, specialty is all about liver drainage or drainage. And so every day there's homeopathic support for the liver. It's different from other forms of homeopathy that look only to constitutional or similum uh, prescribing because it's acknowledging the, the extreme uh, degradation of our environment, both external and internal. Uh, and so if I can't get somebody to do what you describe, I'll at least say here, here are things that you can do. And I can list out hundreds of them actually for liver kidney support so if you're not willing to do what dr victor says victor said at least do something or a lot of other things to compensate for as you said the environment that we have no control over even as i eat fully organically for the last yeah i don't know since 1990 i recognize that there's nothing that is as pure as we would like it to be That's but it's right. not a reason also to give up and do nothing or say Every little bit doesn't matter. So I'm just going to go ahead and dive into the toxic poisons. Who cares? Right. That's yeah. not what I'm arguing. But uh, by taking control of that, which you have genuine control over, 
then turn the stuff you don't have control over to God. At that point, it's appropriate, right? You're doing right. your part, but we can do more than we realize because most people don't even realize the issue still today that we're describing. Yeah, that's right. You know, people really don't recognize the environment that they're in. And you know, I mean, look at the pandemic. How many people actually believe that's authentic, right? That <laughs> The pandemic's an authentic, you know, occurrence that naturally occurs, you know, I mean, come on, you know, so that's, they're, they're just as deceived as it relates to medicine and, and, and the fact that they can be proactive about their health in, in this environment. Yeah. We've got gersonclinic.com. Is that the best site to, to get to you? Yeah, gersonclinic.com is our website. You know, people can reach out to me directly at director at gersonclinic.com, and I that's my email. Um, I do all the intake at the clinic, so if you write me at that email, I, I will respond. Dr. Vickers, do you do any uh, events outside of San Diego or go to other health events that you speak at or anybody else that you'd recommend to go see? Uh, well, you know, I'll actually be at the Health Freedom Expo uh, in Chicago. That's Oh, awesome. Yeah, that's pretty much been confirmed, you know, within the last couple of weeks here. Um, yeah. It's not up on the site yet, but I will be one of the speakers there. So. Oh, man, it's gotten just even that much better now knowing you're coming to that. That's fantastic. Yeah, Super I'm looking forward to it. If you can put up on screen the upcoming events, particularly the Health Freedom Expo, let's go through some of what is upcoming and we'll add more to the list. That's why you want to stay in touch with us via the email alert system, text RSB to 22828 or just come to the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. Uh, Super Don's gearing that up. Here we go. As you scroll down, you'll see we just finished the Red Pill Expo in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, I've got an event Friday uh, in, let's see, this is going to be in Sandy, South Salt, Salt Lake Community College, Miller Auditorium, 5 o'clock to 9.30, Friday, July 15th for Defending Utah. We'll be there with the Health Independence Alliance and a few others. That's going to be great. Hope to see you Friday there. Uh, we do have some on, online upcoming events, including one about pain. August the 6th, that's a Saturday coming up. Uh, Dr. Tracy Straup, Dr. Judy Mikovits, who I love dearly. They're just so amazing. Dr. Len, Jamie Dorley from Nutritional Frontiers hosting an education event, The Journey of Healthcare. Uh, look forward to seeing all of y'all there in Pittsburgh. And you can buy via uh, streaming. You can get tickets to stream it live for those of you who can't make it to Pittsburgh for that event. Autism One is coming back, and we're going to be the 18th, 19th, 20th, and 21st of August in, uh, let's see, no, where is it? Phoenix, Mesa, Arizona. And there are doctors and families that are affected by autism or in that spectral, uh, spectrum of disorders are going to be meeting in the desert. And we're going to also honor Ed Aranga, who, who passed away some months ago now. And we'll look forward to seeing you there. We've got the National Health Freedom uh, uh, Coalition and Council Congress coming up the 13th time. And that's going to be happening the 23rd, 24th of September. And that's in St. Paul and Minneapolis. The Wellness Parenting Revolution Health and Freedom Summit and Expo, Dr. Terry and Stu Warner will be hosting us again this time in Orlando with many of our friends. And that's going to be happening, uh, I think, the first week of October, if I'm not mistaken. Is it the 7th, 8th, and 9th? Super Don, if you could scroll down, let me see that. Yep, yeah, 7th through 9th, and that's the Hyatt Regency, Orlando, Florida. And then the granddaddy of them all, the Health Freedom Expo, which we hope to all see you at. And that's just outside of Chicago at Tinley Park Convention Center. It's a great location. It's far enough outside of Chicago where you don't have to be so heavily armed to protect yourself. Not that they'll let you be that way in Chicago anyway. So, Dr. Vickers, you you just made that Health Freedom Expo even better. I didn't know it could get better. And now I know you're coming, too. 
Yeah, you know, I'm going to be going through the entire protocol, the science behind everything we're doing. There's nothing we do at the clinic that is not backed by the scientific literature. It's that simple. And, you know, Gerson, as Schweitzer said, was the most eminent genius in medical history. And mm -hmm. we're going to go through and we explain that all on a scientific level, what's happening on a, you know, on a cellular level yeah. with what we do. You know, the stuff that Dr. Victor's mentioned earlier about on the congressional record back way back when mid 20th century or early even was stunning because all of this is there on the record about the many cures for cancer and how yeah. as he described that that press conference that never happened. Right. They they, yeah. they said this cannot be shown to the world. And then Stan, you know, again, you're dealing with the, the legal in the legal profession, taking it to the courts. Mm -hmm. And for many years, it hasn't been successful. We're seeing now smartening up so to speak strategies are getting better we're utilizing words even better right like they call this covid jab a vaccine when statutorily i don't think it meets the definition and we we see why all the cases that pushed back against it failed because they used the terminology vaccine when it was inappropriate yeah words matter absolutely words yeah. matter so they uh in fact um yeah that's the thrust of the really the thrust of the Griner versus Biden case is is to establish proper labeling mm -hmm. of this jab, that it's a medical treatment, it's gene therapy, as we know, and not a vaccine. And uh, the constitutional law regarding mm -hmm. uh, our rights as individuals relative to medical treatments are quite, quite clear and very well established that uh, we have a right to deny and not receive medical treatments. Any intervention like yeah. that, yeah. yeah. But that's yeah. been lost over a long time. You know, I, I suppose that uh, losing rights comes as a consequence of not being vigilant to mm -hmm. protect them. Yeah. And, uh, in, in, I mean, we've seen over the last, just the last couple of years, I mean, the, the fact that, doctor, you're in Mexico. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a consequence, uh, a very telling consequence, of uh, the, the lack of, um, uh, of of our own due diligence. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what we hope for, though, is uh, on the brighter side of things is that we, we actually have a federal judge in, in Utah who I think is going to tell the, the Biden administration boys to pound sand when it comes to their, their motion to dismiss yeah. uh, our case, uh, Dr. Griner's case, I should put more specifically about his his right to practice medicine without uh, having a mandate to accept a, an injection of a bioweapon. Mm -hmm. So the, the consequence of our success in this case will reverberate through the country because what we will see that anything associated with this, uh, um, this gene therapy mm -hmm. that was labeled a vaccine will be outed uh, as a deceptive practice. And I think it was in uh, 2010, I think, when the DOJ made its largest settlement to that date against Pfizer, mm -hmm. somebody we, uh, an outfit, everybody knows that name. Mm -hmm. Pfizer, the largest settlement that the DOJ had on record up to that time in 2010, a $2.3 billion settlement because Pfizer, Pfizer had to take its, its drug Bextra off the market and the crime was deceptive promotion, not murder. Right. The crime was deceptive promotion. And so uh, I think we've had a little bit of that. There, well, there's precedents, too, in this 
uh, deceptive promotion of uh, of an mRNA injection exactly. as a vaccine, for exactly instance, right. much less the death that has transpired. And Dr. Vickers, have you seen any unusual uh, worsening of ailments and illnesses, including cancer? Some have uh, from, uh, talked about that. Ryan Cole has been on this as a physician talking about this as well. Those that have gotten the jab that may have had problems in the past with cancer, suddenly the cancer comes roaring back, for instance. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we are seeing this now. Uh, quite consistently in some people where, you know, maybe they were in remission um, or previously they had cancer and then literally within a year of being injected with the vaccine that now their cancer is back. And so, um, and it'd be interesting to see, you know, what the next five to 10 years shows as people are getting more vaccines, more boosters, you know, Mm -hmm. so, but yeah, that is something that we seem to be seeing on a consistent basis now. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic because Dr. Victor, you know what we're talking about. You've seen it firsthand. A lot of these ailments, illnesses, much less the uh, ailments within our uh, political and legal realm, uh, attacks on physicians who are simply bringing the power to heal back where it belongs to the body. And it isn't like, you know, as we talk about people curing people, even as we say Gerson cured is like Gerson even knew it's like, I'm, I'm just freeing up the body to do what God designed the body to do, getting the things out of the way, giving the body what it needs. And it's like, that's a crime in America. (laughs) Yeah. That's been a crime in America for a long time, apparently. Yeah, of course it is. I mean, you know, just to lay out a perfect example is, you know, if you have children, your children aren't your children until they're the age of 18. They're actually products of the state. And we deal with this all the time. I can't tell you how many parents call me because they want to come down with their 17-year-old mm. or younger child to receive cancer treatment. And do you know what we have to say to them? I'm sorry, we can't accept them. Mm-hmm. And we can't wow. accept them because if they leave the country and come to our clinic, the feds will literally cross the border and take that child from our clinic and shut down our clinic immediately. Isn't Why? That Whoa. No, that yeah. is the reality. So let's say you have a child that's 17 or under, right? Wow. And you're in the oncologist's office and they've diagnosed him. Now they've laid out the treatment plan before you, chemotherapy, surgery, and radiation. And mm-hmm. you say to the oncologist, you know, thank you very much for taking the time to go through all this and diagnose him and lay out your treatment plan. But we don't want to do chemotherapy, radiation, and surgery. We'd like to go natural and do something like the Gerson therapy. I kid you not, in 30 minutes, social services will be in that oncologist's office and the parents will lose the child and potentially go to jail. Mm -hmm. That is the law in the United States. By law, that child that's 17 or under is bound by the laws of the state which are the same laws that make me go have to go to Mexico to maintain my clinic down in Mexico. Those same laws prohibit a child 17 and under from receiving natural treatment. They are bound by the laws of the state. And the so, only and the only recognized form of treatment is chemotherapy, right. radiation, and it's surgery. It's monopoly medicine, and it's it the third, second, or first leading cause of death, depending how you run the numbers. Um, why should the state enforce what the feds want? Why? And that's why we talk about the states need to push back. I can't wait for one state, just one state in the union to become a health freedom state that kicks that's the right. feds out. And it'll be a renaissance of natural healing that yeah. will just and even physicians, medical doctors, allopathic variety will flock to this because they know the failures at this point, mm-hmm. especially within the covid couple of years. The crazy they've they've woken up to the 
brutal realities of their profession and their limitations, yeah. uh, as well as, uh, you know, you raise the legal issues of children and stand, you know, as an attorney, you know, you have these perspectives and even you are shocked hearing these things. Mm-hmm. And, and I've tried to, you know, wake folks up and there are others doing that as well to uh, contracts of adhesion that they're unaware that they're engaged in. Like, for instance, when you get a marriage license, which I did not get to get married. I did not ask permission of the state to get married. I did not invite them into our holy matrimony. And when our kids were born, they do not have birth certificates. They do not have social security numbers. And I'm going to make it as difficult as hell for the the feds or the state to get a hold of my children, uh, no matter what. I'm like, you know, show me the contract where you have jurisdiction over my children. But we unknowingly, blindly enter into these contracts of adhesion because everybody's done it for generations now. And we don't think about the vulnerability and the liability we take on by entering into a jurisdiction we were unaware we were even in. That's right. That's right. As soon as they get their social security card, right? They are now a product of the state with their capital name, right? Yeah. They become yeah. again, collateral for a debt that can never be repaid. Yep. And I know that it's, it sounds overly simplistic to just don't do it, to stop, stop doing it, but it's the starting point. Uh, and it makes it more difficult it's not impossible. We know they hold a lot of power because of the perception and belief. So I'm not uh, deluded by what I do in this sense that it's the magic bullet. There's no such thing in that sense. But understanding, again, words matter. If you go into a court and you don't understand the words you're using, if they're defined differently than you think in a common vernacular, they will trap you with their definition, much yeah. like is done in the Internal Revenue Code, for instance. Yeah, exactly. It's And that's why it's so hard to, you know, that's it's so hard to argue common law in their in their courts yeah. right yeah they they don't like the constitution being brought up in those courts you're like what yeah. what what is that all about craziest yeah. stuff you ever heard yeah so um dr vickers you have a great team a great staff and i i hope that you let them know how much we appreciate them here on this show and uh we we love that that, that there are those that are there that listen and, and support us in our efforts to communicate to the world much less yeah. our fellow americans uh the the vital need for a restoration of health freedom yeah. Uh, that, you know, we've seen incrementally some things coming back, but we're not there yet. We're not going to stop fighting. And we want to be able to have Gerson clinics in the United States, in the states and uh, defended by the states themselves against the federal encroachment where they have no lawful authority, constitutional authority. But since the states have uh, lost standing since I believe it was was it the which amendment was it the 13th Amendment. Now I'm trying to remember where the senators were used to be selected by the legislature and then they became popularly elected. So then the states had no representation. Technically, the people were voting for reps and senators. And so it was like, where are the states involved in that? So the fight back the feds, that was by design that the feds would become subdivisions of a centralized federal bureaucracy rather than the creators of the federal bureaucracy that could then be counterpoints by a ninth and 10th amendment, of course, but even more, we've got to do better. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like I said, it's going to be hard to defeat the beast. And mm-hmm. <laughs> we can only, you know, we can only hope that grassroots levels, you know, kind of a kind of a clandestine war that, you know, we have to continue to fight. Yeah. yeah. And I imagine that you guys at the Gerson Clinic don't use toxic poison pesticides around the clinic. Right. Of course. No, of yeah. course not. In Clean fact, our pool, our pool that we have, we have a pool yeah. um, is obviously cleansed and cleaned with hydrogen peroxide. So beautiful you know, oxygen yeah. therapy for cleanliness. That's exactly right. Yeah. 
Well, one day I hope to visit uh, uh, again. Please. This is something that you guys are doing so extraordinarily well. I I would do a, a live broadcast, a remote broadcast Please. from the clinic one day. That would be amazing to highlight, spotlight what you're doing. Yeah, uh, you would, should. Would be great. But I'm also again thrilled, thrilled that you're going to be with us at the Health Freedom Expo uh, outside of Chicago. That's the uh, 15th and 16th yeah. of October. I want to shout out to Trinity School of Natural Health, Julie Whitman Klein and the family there. They're doing incredible work in bringing the teachings of body, mind, spirit back into the healing realm. Whether you are a, a physician of allopathic variety, a, a chiropractor, maybe you've even gone to an allopathic, naturopathic medical school. You can learn a lot with the body, mind, spirit components that are taught in the various uh, programs every month that start up at trinityschool.org. So you all check that out. Also, trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com to be part of the show. Uh, if you want to attend, if you want to exhibit you have products and services, please reach out to them. Those are linked up in the show notes as well all the time. And we have banners for the Trinity School as well. Dr. Vickers, any uh, last uh, messages before we got to let you go back to work where you are? Well, you know, I just want to encourage people to educate themselves on the on the Gerson therapy, not just the history, but, you know, it's 100 years of being able to reverse advanced degenerative diseases, most notably cancer. I mean, eight movies have chronicled Dr. Gerson's work at mm -hmm. this point. I mean, there is no other therapy that can remotely boast mm -hmm. that kind of an exposure on an international scale. Why? Well, because the reality is there isn't anything that has that consistent ability to reverse advanced terminal cancer. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there that can contribute to reversing mm -hmm. advanced cancer. Uh, but in terms of its ability to consistently reverse it, you know, yeah. the Gerson therapy has always reigned supreme. And, and that's why he's such an iconic name in natural medicine. And, so I encourage the, people. The comprehensiveness of it is why it succeeds. It's not one little narrow well or a few. It's like looking at that big picture and integrating it all. And Dr. Vickers, again. We're looking that's a forward. Yeah, that's a great point, Scott, what you said. Yeah. You know, people say, why is the Gerson therapy so mm -hmm. successful? Because it's the most difficult. There are yeah. no shortcuts to healing. No short there are so no if you want that healing, check it out, gersonclinic.com, or come to the Health Freedom Expo and meet Dr. Patrick Vickers in person. Dr. Patrick, thank you for being on board today. Thanks, Robert. I appreciate it. Thank and you. God bless y'all. We're going to take a 60-second break, be back for the bonus round. For those of you who want to stick around with my good buddy, Stan Graham, how great it was to have Dr. Vickers. Remember, the power to heal is yours. All right, we're back. We're back. It's uh, Let's get Superdon in the mix, if he doesn't mind, because it's been a very awkward conversation today for him to listen. How many times did you fall out of your chair, Super D? Dude, I am so calloused about <laughs> the coffee anima thing what? What? for, you know, you've, you've been harassing me about that for years. That doesn't phase <laughs> me anymore. You got to come up with something new. But, but I thought when he said every day or five well yeah no i heard that and i was just like what see there that's what i'm talking about there had to be a little bit there shut the <laughs> front door and you um, won't even do it once a lifetime every oh. day get out of here <laughs> but you understand why well and not not only that but they, she, yeah. he was like you know some of the people there at the institute they're getting five a day i'm like yeah yeah what right 
You have a donut pillow you sit on? Uh, I mean, tell you, come on, man. Eight, point, five a day. Where, but then again, you... you know what? Listen, if I if I had some kind of like terminal situation, something like that, yeah. you know, obviously you're going to do whatever it is you think you need to do. But so, maybe. But Maybe uh, Starbucks it, has got a different uh, vector they could take. Yeah, it right? call, call it be called Starbucks. Starbucks. Or they can combine combine with another restaurant chain, Starbucks Outback. Yeah, there you go. Anyway. anyway. Dude, I can't believe Is that the first time we've had Patrick Vickers on the show? That's a shock to me, but yes. That is to me, too. Yeah, Yeah. he's amazing. And uh, I'm so excited. I didn't know he was going to be at the Hell Freedom Expo. That even, that's all. It's going to be the best ever. It's going to be so amazing. We got Bradley Nelson coming. Brad, we hooked him up. It's going to be awesome. It's great. Yeah, we need. Is Cardio Miracle going to be there? We need to make sure they're there at this uh, time. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send a memo to John. Well, actually, I'll yeah. just show up. Yeah, we need to make that happen. That would be uh, a great, great show for him shot to Cardio yeah. Miracle. Let's when we're do there. it. Yeah, so that's going to be awesome. Well, dude, this was the early version. Not that anybody knows it that's catching it for the first time of the Robert Scott Bell Show, but because <laughs> we're back east and Stan and I got to fly back west. Uh, it would have been too crunch time in a normal time zone. So wherever you're getting it, it seems like it's just as live as ever. Uh, has anybody been catching us early? Did you notice if anybody? Yeah, did? a couple of people yeah. on uh, like on Twitch and D Live. So yeah, of course, you know, you just revealed our secret here. Well, I don't mind. You know, I'm. A, that's the thing about this show. We tend not to be secretive. About you would make a stuff. terrible magician, just by yes, the way. That's I mean, just, here's you how know, it like, works. Here's oh, the, here, let me show you how, how this works. Now watch it. No. Anyway. I, you know, I thought that was the charm of our show, that we don't keep secrets. We're really good at just saying, here's what we are, here's what we do, we're not hiding. And here's what Don doesn't do. Doesn't do, yes. <laughs> yes, we have yeah, Obviously, that. it's not a secret either. So, <laughs> Don, you're looking hey, great. You know what? I have always been 100% on this show. I I never make any claims about doing anything that I don't that do. Exactly. You know, yeah. I'm the I'm the alter ego of Robert in some ways. Um, yeah. But no, in 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 that way again, that's the ability to self-efface, acknowledge our our, yeah. our, our strengths. One thing I do do every what, what, day religiously what? is my what? cardio miracle. That's true. He does that, and I drink yeah. it throughout the entire day. So yeah. it's it's it is my thing. And thank God for that, as I said, because. Uh, as much as uh, we love Super Don and nothing would take away from that, I, I still have to harass him. It's like, get off of that butt and and move. Now, how's the garden? What's the garden update? I do, there? dude. My garden's taking off, man. Finally. Um, I've got... We need, we need to see more pictures when I get I'll have to go take some pictures. Yeah. The, the the zucchinis are starting to come in, yeah. and they're growing like crazy. They We've had, like, back. serious heat lately, so I'm watering twice a day now. Yep, yep. Because um, I, I think we're supposed to hit 95 today. Yeah. And but yeah, the zucchinis are coming in gigantic flower. I, it's probably going to yeah, bloom today on the yeah, on the yeah, first one. Flowers, the yeah. broccoli is huge, but I've never grown. Of course, I've never grown much of anything. But the yeah. broccoli, I don't know what it's supposed to do. All, I've got like these giant green plants, and I'm like, where's the where's well, the broccoli? I don't so the know. The broccoli hasn't appeared yet. That's what it's we like. Have where's to the do. beef? Right. Right. You know, right. It, there, we have the no... broccoli. Uh, what we call the big leaves coming out. Oh yeah, 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 they're oh, huge. I didn't. They're huge. The onions, which I planted in a dumb way, are, are just because I, I I'm not a I'm not a gardener. I did this for the first time, so I went to the the, the greenhouse 
to the the whatever it's called the nursery and they're like here's walla walla onions and it's like this box and it had all these onions and i'm like okay cool so i took it out of the thing and i planted the whole thing in one spot so there's like 50 onions that are probably going to try and grow on the same space i don't know what's going to happen i don't want to space those out yeah you could you can you can you can space those out yeah that's what i heard they're pretty they're pretty resilient we have these Egyptian walking onions that my friend Caleb had given to us, and we grew them. Do they walk like an Egyptian? They, they, they keep they, them in a cage. Walk. They just yeah. keep moving, and they're amazing. They're prolific. <laughs> They'll grow right through the winter. As I said to you, Super D, if you can yeah. plant some carrots, it takes a long time to grow. A few months. I haven't gotten to the carrots yet, yeah. but, but again, give me, give, cut me some through. slack, man. Cut me some no, slack. No. I got some stuff going on here. So the tomatoes are starting to flower. I've put okay. cages on a couple of those so far. Make sure and you got these. I just, make sure I got what bees because if you don't have bees, bees they're going to turn into fruit. I don't like bees, but you they can they can they can show up. What how do what am I supposed to do? Plant they, some make, marigolds. Marigolds. They love marigolds. Yeah, yeah. plant right some marigolds by your tomatoes. They have a pesticide In attribution fact, as well, and uh, and they'll pull those. Uh, I'll have those to I'll have to, to go and water the plants in a full beekeeper outfit and stuff like that because no, I don't like you do, bees. What you do is but, you sit down by the tomato plants and you just start going. So check it out though. I've got a new addition. I've got a new addition. The chives yeah. are doing great. They actually started to bloom. Okay. Um, which means I guess they're going to go to seed. I got to, yeah. The lettuce is starting to come back, so I had to cut it off because I had the aphid situation. That's starting right, to come right. back. Yeah. And just like a week ago, I planted radishes. Okay. And apparently they grow fast. And I didn't yeah, realize, they, I, they, somebody they, told yeah. me this, like that, yeah. so I planted a bunch of them, and they're starting to grow as well. Um, there's some kind of like finger long, like, you know, Nordic radish or something, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, it's doing really well. Work. That's yeah. awesome. I'm so proud of you, my brother. Thank you for your support of your own health. And of myself, yes. <laughs> okay. You That's bet. good. Now, has anybody else but you engaged in the watering or the caring of the gardener, or is it all you? It's all me. Really? But that's okay. okay. It right. gives me something to do, you know? Yeah. No, I'm glad. It, 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 I stand up and walk outside now. Isn't that good? See, that's, that's a step in the right direction. Phenomenal! Yeah. It's like that walking <laughs> Egyptian onion. Yeah, you know? there you go. Walking super the walking super don. Thank you very it. much. That's a wonderful thing. So, how are we doing for the rest of the week? I'm still out of. I, I mean, like, we're out of town still, so I don't even know what's going on this week. Do we? Do we uh, well, let's let's take. A I look got to here. hang out with Kevin Tuttle. Did you see that picture? Did I send it to I you? I did see that picture. Yeah. Yeah, you could sh- actually show. Do we have a picture with Joni too? And I think, uh, what's the other picture? All you sent me was a picture with Kevin. That's it. Let's see if I can show you that. Oh, and the, this one. This one was cool when I was doing the firefly therapy. Let me just show. I'm going to send this to Super Don in Skype. He can show everybody that as we're, we're just in relax mode. There's the Kevin. So there's our there's buddy you Kevin. Kevin. Kevin Tuttle, yes, right? yeah. He's so great. He's a, technically our associate producer because he books guests now because when we were trying to book guests on top of everything Super Don does, it's like we'd have one new guest a year because there's like no time. And he's That's a nothing. little bit of an exaggeration. It is a little bit, yes. But you know what I'm saying, how busy yes. you are. It was very rare. Kevin, yes. Kevin said, hey, let me help. And, dude, we have been, like, rocking the guests. It's been so fun, so amazing, the people that we're connected with. So shout-out to Kevin. Did I send you the picture of um, with Joni or not? No. Joni Abbott? Okay. I'll have to see if I can find that then next. But uh, it was a great weekend, honestly. I was so glad that Stan was here and 
Um, we just, I showed up with a single pair of clothes. It was that great. that his luggage didn't show up. Did it show up yet? No. If you still haven't got three days later, no three luggage. Days, no luggage. It's crazy. It's like you've been wearing the same clothes for three days and lost his luggage. <laughs> we'll see what happens. That is wild. It's not like was it like a, 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 a like a suitcase that everybody thought it was theirs? They might have walked away with. Yeah, but it was tagged. It was tagged. I mean, it's a so, black, you know, a black. So they haven't gotten back to you to say, hey, it looks like because told you it's here. Yeah. And that's the concern I have. If it was really here, somebody might have just picked it up. Yeah. And then it's like it's probably on a plane in Albuquerque right now. But yeah, hope that somebody's honest enough to make a phone call. Yeah. You see, at least when my wife and I went to Lagos, Nigeria, no, it was in Ghana, the the trip to Ghana Mm. uh, that our luggage didn't arrive for three days. But we were given this beautiful clothing, Ghanaian clothing, oh, that's uh, that we cloth. wore for the first three days. So we were okay. But nobody was here to do that for you. No Ghanaians showed up. Yeah. You would have been but covered. Frank Preeb did. Yeah. And uh, I got a pair of clothes yesterday. That Those pants and shirt I was wearing yesterday were Frank's. Wow. So shout out to Frank Preeb. Thank you, Frank. That is awesome. All right. So you were asking what we got going on this week. Yeah. Uh, coming up tomorrow in hour two, Glenn Meter will be with us with the Privacy Action Plan. Okay. This is a a, a webinar, a free webinar that he's going to be doing on showing how to protect yourself and your privacy when you're online. Okay. Uh, Wednesday, we'll be talking uh, with Ty Bollinger as usual. You will be doing something with the Sisters of Liberty on their show. I think that morning uh, or something. That morning. Early. Yeah. That is correct. On Thursday, Jonathan Emord will be back for the Sacred Fire of Liberty. And then in hour okay. two... Uh, Dr. Simone Gold will be uh, talking with us. She's been very selective on the people that she's doing interviews with because, you know, she's been sentenced to prison time. Yeah. Um, And so... She gets 60 days? 60 days, 90 days, something like that. So she'll be with us on Thursday. I don't know what happened there. But yeah, I'm looking forward to talking with her for the first time. And then on Friday, Marjorie Wildcraft is coming back. Okay. Uh, RSBfood.com. Y'all check it out. Um, Friday evening is that uh, Defending Utah event as well. So Correct. after the show, I'll have to get, get out to that. Um, do you know about the Sisters of Liberty, this group? I do not. I, they must have seen me talk, and they asked me to come to their meeting Wednesday morning Wonderful. to speak to them. So Where, where is that? I think it's in Lehigh. Hmm. So we'll see. Where Sisters of Liberty? Is it uh, they meet at a residential place? A I think probably. Place? A re- I'm thinking somebody's home, I'm guessing. Okay. But I, I don't know for sure. I'll find out. But, it's like uh, Sons of the Pioneers and Sisters of Liberty. I right? Know. I don't yeah. know. We'll see what happens. Uh, if I make it out alive, I'll be back on the show later <laughs> that day. Or, you know. And uh, let's see. What else we got going on? Other events? Um, you, are you, are you, when you head home, are you going straight to St. George or where are you going? I'll probably spend a couple of days in northern Utah. Okay. Or I'll head down south on Thursday, by Thursday. Okay. Yeah. We'll get to see John. Is he around? Or? I see John okay. and uh, and Paul. I actually get to see oh, Paul Oh, our buddy. Hey, that's great. Yeah. Well, we should all have a, a connection there. That would be fun. We should do we a barbecue. Do uh, yeah. Don could come over with some of those radishes. Some of that Not bad. Candy. No, I'm ready. I cleaned up the back, the back roast, area. Roast up those vegetables on a grill, and I tell you what, man. I've got the uh, cookout ready. I'm ready for a cookout. So uh, let's see. Trying to find the Joni picture for you, Super Super Don, how's your sweetheart? How's your wife? She's doing good. Busy. Busy as usual. She never stops. Yeah. Constantly with with the kids and the grandkids all living here local. She's just, it's just nonstop. Go, go, go. I mean, she's not even here right now. She's already gone. Wow. 
She's doing good though. Good. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Let's see here. All right. So picture with you and Joni. There you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Joni's awesome. She's such a sweetheart. And she brought me. In fact, she brought me an organic dinner she made wow. one night. And and I and I got a shout out to a couple from North Dakota that also were visiting this Red Pill Expo, and they know my about my diet. And two days in a row, they made this most delicious sandwich. They brought oh. me some organic chips and a kombucha. The sandwich with a note in it. With a note in it with every ingredient and what farm the stuff came from. <laughs> and written. I saw that. Wow. Yeah. That is some service. That that was uh, just be above and beyond. I mean, so blessed that, that people care enough to do that. And people were going, are, are you sure it's okay to eat? I'm like, yeah, well, I drank pesticides on the air. I'm, I'm cool. I, I'm strong. I can handle it. And, uh, of course, that was delimiting orange TKO, y'all. I'm sorry, orange guard, orange guard. So let me see if I can find one more picture for you. I've been trying to send media here. As we, there it is. I don't know which one is with. There we go. I'm going to send that. Let's see if this one goes through. Done. All right. You tell me when you get this. Oh, that's the one with Kevin. You already had that one. My I already have that one. My bad. Which is the one I was wanting to send separate to that? My, uh, yeah. I'm lost. Do we have one together? Hopefully we have one together. They're right here. There we go. Yeah, All for right. the last two hours. Yeah, there you go. All right. So anybody in the chat room right now I should know about? No. No? It's all quiet? It's all quiet. All right. So if I forgot to do anything, I just another shout-out to our friends at Nutritional Frontiers, RSB15 for the discount code. If you haven't taken advantage of what they've got, certified organic U.S.-grown hemp CBD products. Uh, very clean products. Hemp Boost, one of our favorite. Topical Transdermal as well. Gummies. And if you sign up uh, by going to their website, uh, cbdnf.com, they will send you a care package if you're in the United States, free samples because mm. you're a Robert Scott Bell Show audience listener. And so just you'll drop down menu, mention the show. And then when you do, take a picture with those samples, send them into Super Don, ask rsb at gmail.com, and we'll add them to the uh, collage here. And then every once in a while, we do a giveaway. I haven't committed to once a month because it's slowed down as far as your participation. But if we get new entries, we're going to do some more giveaways for it once a month that we used to do. We'll see what happens. And then you get a big old goodie bag from Nutritional Frontiers. Remember the code RSB15. And remember, Cardio Miracle, the code is RSB to get your best deal. And uh, we've done some great webinars, and we keep learning more and more about how wonderful this is. I hope you all are doing the Cardio Miracle every day. Have I told you about the... Uh well, we got some new science about two weeks ago. No, what's the latest? That uh, Cardio Miracle supports the regeneration of pancreatic islet beta cells. Oh, dude. That's okay. Next level. Stan just went there. Uh, we're going to have to do a show on that coming up as soon as we get that, that report in. Because, you know, one of the things we talk about with type 1 diabetes is how is it possible to stimulate a regeneration of cells that have been destroyed? Is mm -hmm. it possible? I always felt, yes, it's possible, but I don't know exactly how to do it. So if we've got some indication that Cardio Miracle could play a role there, I want to know about it, and I want to report it on the air as soon as possible. You'll be the first to know. Okay, super. Well, you are. You heard it's it first. time. For the first, first time, time ever. Right here. Bonus round of the Robert Cabell Show. Open. All right, Super D, anything else before we wrap up the bonus round here? No, I think that's it. So you, you jumping on a plane and heading yeah. back this way or what? Leaving on a jet plane. Yeah, I think we, we boarded. Similar times, five-ish yeah. five or so. But well, and we and we arrived separately through separate cities at about the same, almost 15 yeah, minutes I'm apart. I'm going through Detroit, and you're going 
through Vegas. Through Vegas. Yeah. And, so uh, back in the studio yeah, tomorrow, eh? 15 minutes That's apart. Plan, so. Yeah. So we'll see okay. you on the other side of the country. Roger that. After that. See you all tomorrow, God willing, less than 22 hours from now, because the power to heal is still yours. 